Hey, I'm Ray Park. You know, you may know me. I play Darth Maul, Snake Eyes, and GI Joe. And you're listening to Below the Belt podcast. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up, goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, back for your weekly eargasm. And, guys, do we have an incredible panel to bring all the eargasm to you? <laughs> Let's start with that's right, guys. He is the fan favorite. He is the man with the calming president. Sorry, calming <laughs> presence. Not a calming president. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be the current 45. <laughs> he is Mike the General Zod. I must say, well, it's a pleasure to be here, of course, as always. Yes. I really do must say, though, one of the things that's lost in an auditory-only <clears throat> medium like the, uh, the art of the podcast is you miss the frantic gesticulations that celebrity Al Soto does as he's starting things out. Like he's pointing out and, you know, he's he makes you I will say this to everyone listening that you will always be comfortable in his company because he makes you feel <laughs> special. He well, that means a lot, General, seriously. Too. <laughs> OK. Also on the panel, guys, let's go ahead and introduce That's Right Back. My gosh, for the second week in a row. She's the Calrickin. Freaking amazed by this. She is cosplayer extraordinaire. Fira Winters, TMF, Tiffany Marie Ford back on BTV Airwaves. Yes, I like TMF. <laughs> That's catchy. Um, I'm reinventing myself. Fear Winters, Whispers of Autumn cosplay. <laughs> but I like TMF best, so it yeah. works. Yeah. Well, you know, the MF could, you know, has certain different connotations. Yeah, let's not go the MF. No, no. actually, now that I think about it. It means Master Forester. There you go. I'm yes. pretty sure other people are going like go to be like People go and get graduate degrees in forestry to get to the That's MF level. That's absolutely a great point. Okay. Um, <laughs> Murph Smurf, yeah, whichever. There's Murph a lot Smurf. of different things you can go with. Okay. <laughs> well, we have a tremendous show, as we do every week from top to bottom. And, uh, wow, I have probably the biggest on-location interviews from Sundance. And because of that, I decided that tonight we should only have one feature call-in guest. Guys, I interview the granddaughter of Elvis Presley, guys. <gasps> Actress extraordinaire Riley Keough at the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Who 
I was at the red <clears> carpet <throat> of the, the movie The Lodge, and uh, we're saving the best Sundance interviews for last. So I guess she's also the niece of Michael Jackson? She's technically the... No, she's technically the daughter-in-law of Michael Jackson because Lisa Marie actually married Michael Jackson. I thought it was uh, Elvis. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Was so, it Lisa Marie or was it? That was no, she's right. Lisa Marie He's Presley. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Priscilla oh. Presley was Elvis's ex-wife. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's Lisa Marie's mother. They've gotcha. all gotten around so, a bit. So as you know, um, Riley Keough has made made such a great name for herself. If you haven't seen. A TV show called <laughs> The Girlfriend Experience. OMG. I like just started episode. watching it. I just started watching it after watching wow. two phenomenal historical okay. miniseries on stars last night. And okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm in love with all three. I have never seen three productions back to back. Okay. And then that topped it off to end yes. my night last night. That's why I couldn't sleep last night. You were actually watching Girlfriend Experience? Yes. Whew. I just started. Oh, my gosh. It's Riley controversial. Gets, it's controversial. Riley so gets it, pretty much about, naked is every episode. She's playing a high call escort. Okay. And it's, she's... You get it right, sir. <laughs> yes. And she's, you know, working her way through law school and, 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 a, and a job at a law firm. And um, she's got she's to gotta pay the bills. And this is the most lucrative way she can and of course all the drama that is involved with her you know choice of uh, her line of work i mean um yeah so uh, so i get to talk to riley keogh it's not a very long interview but i nonetheless i was able to talk to her about working on a sundance film festival film called the lodge it's a horror thriller um and uh, i think it's going to be released uh I think sometime soon, within the next month or so, in theaters, and it stars also from The Hobbit fame, Richard Armitage. I interview Richard Armitage and Riley Keough, along with the actress that plays their daughter, Kia McHugh, um, and uh, another girl that plays um, the younger version of uh, Riley Keough as a little girl. So um, those interviews, uh, to close out tonight's show, we have a great calling guest tonight. Um, she's an actress that's uh, that actually had a scene with Mel Gibson and uh, Vince Vaughn in uh, a movie called Dragged Across Concrete, which comes out uh, this Friday in theaters. Um, it's got a great cast. Jennifer Carpenter's in it as well. Um, uh, Laurie Holden from Walking Dead's in it. Um, and uh, it's interesting. Mel Gibson plays um, a cop along with Vince Vaughn. They're like... Uh, police officers who descend into a criminal underworld after they are suspended for assaulting a suspect on video. As you know, it's kind of like a relevant topic today. Uh, uh, Cops being caught for bad behavior and being dismissed from or relieved of their duties. So um, the actress, uh, one of the actresses from this movie, Justine Warrington, will be uh, phoning in uh, to the Below the Belt show. That's going to be fun. Yes. So uh, without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and talk everything in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Oh, before we talk about the world of entertainment, I do have a kind of a semi-funny story. Yes. I don't get to, you know, because I don't get out much, so I don't get to talk to to many (laughs) people. At least yet. At least yet, yes. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) So, on Sunday, 
every Sunday morning, mm-hmm. I take this uh, this boxing class at my gym. Yeah, and which sounds super impressive, but it's basically that me, is badass. Me and three guys and like thirteen like women of various ages, and it's like uh, it's it's it sounds more impressive than it is. Okay. But I mean, it's taught by this like really mm-hmm. badass black belt who knows capoeira, and we do capoeira oh, moves cool. and stuff like that, and it's cool shit. So anyway, this week, uh, our regular instructor wasn't there. And instead, the person who was there was this, like, older woman. And, um, you know, it was like, I guess her style was making it more like a, like a fitness class, like an aerobics class. So at the beginning of the class, she asks me specifically what my name is. And I'm like, oh, it's Mike. And she's like, okay, cool, thank you. And then all through the class, every time she was trying to motivate the women, she's like, now imagine Mike's after you. You better get your defense up. <laughs> and, and all I could think of is, wow, I guess I, I have that look. That's <laughs> not helping your dating May- life. <laughs> Maybe they worked TSA before. Yeah. And, you know, they might have stopped you. Yeah. They might have racially profiled you as, yeah. as an Iranian. So and that could be it. Or no, I'm just maybe, saying. Maybe that's what maybe it was. Maybe I just look like a rapist. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. And it's like a, It's the nose. It, it has to be the nose. I guess nose. it must be. Or the hat. I don't know. <laughs> but that's certainly not something you want to hear. You have the smile of a rapist. Oh, well, oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, general. <laughs> <laughs> I broke him. <laughs> so, so that was unexpected. So, <laughs> so was your opening line in this scenario? I want to see your you box. <laughs> I guess it would be. I want to see your actually... box. I want to see your box. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking it was perfect. <laughs> but she she literally it, it was like five times during the class. She's like, you better keep your you know keep your guards up, mm-hmm. otherwise Michael hit you. <laughs> or like uh... she made you the enemy. I really hope you weren't trying. To tender any of those girls. No, I was not, but it was. Uh, yeah, that didn't exactly. Now I'm not sure if I should show Holy up again shit. this week. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, any other stories before we go into entertainment? TMF? Did you get any good feedback from your uh, return to Below the Belcher Airways? I did. I had a lot of people that were waiting to hear our recording. And um, now they a lot can. Of people asking. A lot of people <laughs> were actually trying to tune in, like, what's going I on? I know. We were not live. And we're not live for a minute, but, but we will be back. I had the perfect response. I'm like, stay tuned. Um, and <laughs> um, no, so that was really great. I uh-huh. am. I did just shoot headshots finally to start, nice. you know, jumping on the horse and re-auditioning. Um, yes. I've also started taking uh, once a week more refreshing triple threat classes, which I did for a while, but now I just want to see if I'm still good. My okay. So, so for someone who doesn't know, what's a triple threat class? Sing, dance, act. Oh. Yes. That's so a like triple threat. Three quarters of an EGOT. Let's go with that. Okay. Uh, I think well, the EGOT encompasses all three. Well, I guess not really the dancing, but you can do Broadway as a tone. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I was a music a theater brat growing up. Um, so, yeah, and there you go. I always loved singing with a purpose rather than just singing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, And the acting par- portion of it, the best thing mm-hmm. about um, on like on-camera classes especially is I've always carried my attention to my shoulders. And my mm-hmm. old acting coach, uh, Mr. Lynn, she used to go, no, relax. Just no. relax. Put your shoulders down. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. They're in a 
position of which they're permanently attached. <laughs> so that part's fun. Um, yeah, and you mentioned mar- uh, martial arts, and I've actually studied for four years um, four different types of martial arts. Yes. My father was a Green Beret, and it kind of deep-rooted as a child. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. That means you cosplay well, as then, Cammy, that, then. I guess that means I, I can't get you. I thought about it. Like, but you have to show that tea back, though, with Cammy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Tea back. laughs> All right, next time I get a photo done of Cammy when I do when I do that cosplay, uh-huh. I'll stick my feet back out for you. Oh, wait, you mean <laughs> Cammy from Street Fighter? Yes. Oh, She wears okay. a tea back, you know. The, That's the, the, right. Yes. I do remember that. Feedback. <laughs> feedback out for Al. So, so was your cami costume more video game or movie? No, she oh, hasn't done it yet. Okay. You said the Green Beret. You're jumping so. ahead. Gotcha. <laughs> now I do have a great cat suit, a bodysuit for Black Widow, oh, and that snap. shows some okay. feedback. But oh mm, my, I'm gonna put that on here soon with oh, <laughs> Anyway, well, good. I that's great that you're getting back and doing triple threat stuff. I kind of felt like that. I had to put three auditions on tape, one commercial, two feature films, and then I actually worked on a web series that's on Amazon Prime. I'll give a shout-out to Mark Unger. He's a comedian who owns Magoobies, um, Joke House, and Timonium. Uh, and uh, he's also an actor, and he produced, writes, stars in this great web series that you can check out on Amazon Prime now, guys. Uh, season one episodes are already out. Uh, I got to work on season two. You'll see me in an episode. Woo! I am on Amazon very, Prime. Very I will nice. be on Amazon That's Prime. That's a big what's, deal. What's the name I spend the, show the again? most money on that. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Well, there you go. What's the name? Of the, uh, the name of the show is called. Oh, I mentioned it, did I? Uh, the name of the show is called Thespian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's being So is, is it mm-hmm. something that's delving deep into the, the craft of acting? Yes, yes. And um, a uh, comic slash actor uh, um, tries to get back on track with his career, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, kind of like a redemption uh, thing. Uh, but, um, yes, you can check it out on Amazon. And uh, that's cool. Tomorrow I am off to Los Angeles for a few days. Uh, some Spend some time with the fam. And yeah. uh, and uh, check out some cool panels. I'm going to the 10th anniversary of Parks and Recreations panel. Oh, nice! Yes, uh, I'll, I'll give a. Uh, how do you how do you score w- these ticks? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's a different question for a different show. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but uh, um, I will be uh, you know uh, witnessing it and uh, hopefully uh, talking about that on next week's show. Also, I will be attending the Walking Dead panel as well. Of um, course. Yes. So uh, some great things uh, as part of Paley Fest. You haven't heard of Paley Fest. It's a great television festival where they bring the cast of various popular TV shows. And it lasts pretty much a week and a half to two weeks. Every night is a different show they feature with the cast. And they do like a sneak peek. Sometimes they'll play the entire episode. Sometimes they'll show a sneak peek of the following episode. And they'll do like a Q&A with um, a moderator and the cast on stage, and then they'll have audience ask questions. Just like it may be any panel that you might have been to at a Comic-Con. So, um, yes, I'm going to be attending Parks and Recreations and Walking Dead. You know who's going to be at that that panel? Um, Aziz Ansari, Chris Pratt, (gasps) Aubrey Plaza, Nick Offerman. They're all They're all... That's gonna be. <laughs> or wait, that was. You know, both. We'll just both. Oh, try, okay? snap. It's be a very okay. dedicated relationship of baby having. You have to fight Catherine Schwarzenegger for that. Gladly. I'll be back. 
Gladly. Girl, you don't even know. <laughs> so you like some Chris Pratt? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, okay. I, well, so I love some Aubrey Plaza, let me tell you. I she is too. so goofy and sexy at the same time. You, we can tr- you guys, you could take her and then get her out of the way for me. Ah. But in the clear. <laughs> also want to give a shout-out. Is Rashida out. Jones going to be there? Yes, I believe. In t- you know what? It's on paleyfest.org. Okay. If you want to check out the website. Um, and I believe every cast member will be there for this 10-year anniversary. That's, that's why it's a big deal. It's awesome. the, in fact, it's the only panel that's completely sold out. Oh, wow. Is this uh, Parks and Recreation's 10th uh, anniversary. And I like that Al's just sitting here like he's not a big deal or anything. Oh, he's, yeah. as Tony Stark says, he's kind of a big deal. Well, I, you know, I, I like to be modest. I do want to say another thing that's kind of cool that might get that reaction as well. I just happened to text uh, or email um, I guess that's been on Below the Belt show, who's amazing, and she's a comedian, and she has Netflix specials. Her name is Eliza Schlesinger, and I happened to just message her about her show, and she put me on the guest list. So there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, his life is so hard, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So I'll be seeing you, Eliza, um, at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, so, uh, yes, so... So some fun stuff planned for Los Angeles. So how long are you gonna be there? I will be there for an extended weekend. I'll be back um sometime late Monday. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be nice. Uh, hang out, do some uh, nephew time and, and sister time. I go up to the aquarium and maybe hit a museum. I want to see the infinity mirrors. Um, oh yeah. I, I have yet to knock that off my bucket list, and a lot of people have seen uh, the infinity mirrors, and it's a traveling. Um, you're familiar with the uh, display. It's very trendy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to post about it. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. So um, it's in L.A. currently at the Broad, so, uh, Broad Museum in Los Angeles. So. I got to go back to L.A. I, I haven't been there. I miss L.A. Yeah. I lived in Burbank, but it was it was. Can we coordinate a trip together please? next time? Yes. I think so. I think I'm going. By the way, I'm going to go in August for a week. I'm going to check out um, Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you all want to go around that time, that's what I'm planning to go. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotta. It's I gotta also my get, nephew's I gotta, birthday. I gotta, so I'm get, I gotta get used to traveling with you, Al. <laughs> yes, I, I think we're working something out. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. you know what we should do since we're both a mark for Rose McIver uh-huh. from iZombie, we should go to the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Okay. Uh, in a few weeks. All right. If we can, if you can uh, escape from the wife for a few we'll, hours, we'll for, see. for more than a few hours. Yeah. And. Uh, we should hang out with Rose McIver. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm being replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Love some TMF. So, well, I guess we should go into Hollywood, guys. So, my goodness, so many amazing things. Let's talk about it. Last week, we alluded to MCU, rather, Disney acquiring Fox. And now the, the deal has been... Completed, guys, $71.3 billion, an acquisition that Disney was able to obtain 21st Century Fox's film and TV assets. Guys, it includes Fantastic Four, The X-Men, Deadpool, The Simpsons, Avatar. Oh, my gosh. Anastasia. 
Anastasia? He's now an official Disney princess. I'm sorry. I've waited what? for this for years. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but she what? has been. I didn't, know, I, I didn't know Anastasia was a part of that. Yeah. So Anastasia is a part of 21st uh, Fox? Yeah. I did not know yes. that. So, I mean, they got more than that. They got wow. 20th Century Fox. They got Fox um, Searchlight Pictures. They got Fox Family, Fox Animation. Right. They got a lot. They got so much out of it. I mean, officially now, that means that, well, the Simpsons are technically a part of Disney. Yeah. Picture Bart being that choked is, in a Disney film. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of there's actually a lot of implications with the Simpsons now no longer being owned by Fox. Well, right. is that uh, Fox? Uh, you know the the company that Rupert Murdoch owns still owns the Fox network, mm-hmm. like the TV network. And one of the reasons because the Simpsons is it's been on for like close to actually more than thirty years now. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus, right? The um, it's an insanely expensive show to make. But one of the reasons why they could make it is because Fox owned it. Like, they actually owned all the production. Right. And they didn't have to pay licensing and stuff. So what's probably going to happen for this, which may or may not be a bad thing, mm-hmm. is uh, I think The Simpsons are done as a TV show after this is, do- really? after this, this is completed. Wow. Um, so if you didn't know, also, this includes Family Guy. Um, oh, is Family Guy actually outright Family owned, guy is by actually Fox? owned by Fox? Uh, Alien, the Alien franchise as well. Um, and we already mentioned Avatar. So, yeah. National Geographic, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, that I, I heard that. Major. That wow. is huge. That's an entirely different world to me. I mean, I always. Yeah, they're based in DC. And. Um, always calculated that Disney would rule the world. It was, it was a kind of a toss up between Amazon and Disney, but geez, Disney, you got wow. it. Wow. You got it. And, I mean, they went down, though, mm-hmm. in the in NASDAQ from 4155 mm-hmm. uh, to 4034 in their, sh- their shares. But, hey, you can still get some shares. Like, go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So well, I mean, there there are some other questions about it, and of course, it's awesome. Like, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. super excited about like the Marvel universe let's is talk, actually. Let's talk about the Marvel universe versus. Yeah. What are you looking to most forward to as far as the Fox character, the Fox Marvel characters in MCU? Well, Which ones are you one thing to? that um, well, one thing that I know is going to happen mm-hmm. is the X Men are going to be completely rebooted. Okay. There, that is, I mean, that's inevitable. They have to do that. You know, um, and, uh, and I think th- they should wait a few years. The reason I say that is Dark Phoenix is, is uh, coming out this year. There are some possibly kind of, New Mutants. There that... are some mixed ideas about mm-hmm. what Dark Phoenix is going to be like. Okay, I mean the trailer looked cool, mm-hmm. and the actress is a great catch, but I'm not sure right. she can bring. I mean. She pulled together a dark character and role on, obviously, Game of Thrones. But I feel like I grew up with Dark Phoenix being one of my favorite characters. Jean Grey, I related to, not in any weird way, like I didn't think I was psychic or anything, but I thought that her her charisma and and how she developed as a character was just phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. And... But I, Tiffany, I believe... did you uh, did you get to know the X Men through the comics, the TV show, or the movies? Both, because my brother is the one that got me started on the cartoon series, and okay. then because of that, I got hooked on the comic books nice. around the time I started with Superman, actually. And from there, I got to know both, and they were all very different. I mean, you get to know uh, Jean Grey, then Dark Phoenix, then Phoenix Force, and then you get to know like Phoenix Forever, and there's so many different variations. Yeah, and then there was How Rachel cool. Summers, who was the daughter, and, and then you're just like, what? there's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> goes on and on so the possibilities are endless i mean we can mm-hmm. see avengers versus x-men i mean we're gonna see one a- of the things that will mm-hmm. be a bummer is because uh you know chris evans isn't coming back right you won't have like captain america versus wolverine 
you won't have you might have a Spider-Man mm-hmm. Spider-Man meets Wolverine right but uh, yeah no yeah. Captain America there won't be that cool there's like an awesome comic book story about yeah. when Captain America meets Wolverine and it's it takes place in World War II mm-hmm. like and they're in this uh, this this island nation called Madripoor and they're fighting both Hydra and the Hand and like uh, I remember as a kid yeah. I read that book and I was like Oh, yeah. so cool. Captain America is the only, um, well, uh, uh, Chris Evans is the only actor not returning to the MCU, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else is going to return in some capacity, whether it's in, you know, just a cameo. Like, I heard Robert Downey Jr. really still wants to play Iron Man, even if it's in small cameos. What about, what about uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth? I thought his, his I contract think he wants, is up, too. I think he really wants to, to stick around. I, I believe, and I don't know why I believe Chris, Chris Evans is the only one to do that. Because it's like, <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> if I may, I think yeah. um, from what I've read a little bit of, because Chris Evans is not the, ki- the kind of actor that'll just come out and say his thoughts. He's very professional. I do respect that. He's right. he is a pretty boy that you would think would just be like all over, but he mm-hmm. doesn't take advantage of that. He is a very composed person. I think he's kind of, if I could compare it, suffering though of the Sarah Michelle Gellar syndrome, and I mean that huh. Buffy made her career, but that's all she became. She didn't have a chance to get out there and do. A more after that and she wanted to kind of spread her career wings and see what she could transform into i feel like chris evans is going through something similar because now he's he is captain america through and through but no one else knows him as anything else at this point well yeah that doesn't i mean that doesn't seem to pertain to every actor though i mean it obviously like if you look at star wars obviously that's what happened to mark hamill yeah Yeah. but didn't happen to harrison ford no Mm -hmm. and that helped people discover who both of them were outside of that but look how long now at this point avengers has gone on to which you could say Mm -hmm. is again compare comparable to star wars but at this point all of these actors have now grown in the Mm -hmm. avengers so that's part of it and i think that he if you look at him he kind of looks like he's He's aged kind of a little rougher, in my opinion, than you a think lot of the other actors. Chris Evans has? Yeah, because okay. look at Chris Hemsworth. Oh, my gosh. He still looks pretty much the same. His <laughs> hair is just a different length every other movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm actually surprised mm-hmm. to hear that because yeah, I mean, he's good looking. But uh-huh. I think that I've noticed even even comparison to the women that were in um, the Avengers franchise, mm-hmm. um, Scarlett Johansson, as beautiful as ever. She's oh, God, barely, yeah. I, I idolize that woman, she, her breasts. Anyway, um, she's <laughs> yeah. barely aged. <laughs> And then she I has. That's a very good point, yeah. and I think that's why, when she does this, um, I think she's two years. Black senior? Widow um, movie, I think it's just going to do great. You won't um, be able to tell. Um, you but know, you can't tell because just, she's doing a, a backstory, an origin mm-hmm. story. I, from what I heard, I, it's not confirmed whether it's an origin story. They're or, messing with us. They okay, are. You haven't confirmed yet, but, but I, I'm, but I do have some news on on. Uh, do I have some news on uh, Black Widow? I do, but it's a little little bit later in the uh, notes. But let's talk about James Gunn, guys. So James Gunn is back. I want to know everyone's thoughts. Apparently, so as you know, he was fired from Disney for offensive for the, tweets for, for about pedophilia and all that good bad stuff. Oh. Um, so yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, those tweets those tweets came out over a decade ago. They were yeah. clearly jokes. And and, <laughs> and, and thank was... God there was nothing in and his criminal guy, record. He the... was never accused of actually committing. I'm glad that people actually did research because we right. don't take. I'm glad that we're taking things like that seriously yeah. now, just mm-hmm. because of everything else that has right. happened in Hollywood and and the the. I mean, for first and foremost, yeah. the child um, trafficking rings and the there's massive outbreaks and discoveries mm-hmm. now in Hollywood. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad. You or that, that. The, the college uh, the uh, the college bribery scandal that mm-hmm. completely. Uh, 
will change the way I look at uh, Felicity Huffman forever. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's we, still hot, though. We did Not talk about that last week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But what do you think, guys? Do you think um, Disney made the right choice I in reinstating so. James Gunn? I really do think so. <laughs> okay. And one of the reasons for that is because – and a lot of it has to do with uh, the person – who originally had brought this to light and gotten him fired. And I forgot his name, but he's a fucking conservative ass. Yeah, so this conservative trolls. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and the whole thing is, like, uh, this same guy who's supposedly all about his principles has been completely silent when all this stuff with, like, for instance, Tucker Carlson just right. came out, like, in the, in the past week or so. Crickets. He hasn't said anything about that. Right. So he's not exactly this, like, champion mm-hmm. for... Uh, decorum or like protecting anything it was just it was a a total total uh total uh, political hit job and well they say that uh that he handled it very well james gunn handled the controversy is he still doing that suicide apologized he is doing suicide squad guys yes he is doing so what they're calling a reboot now because apparently it's not going to tie too much into the first film except for Margot Robbie, as you know, Deadshot. Oh, not even Will recast. Smith. Uh, Idris Elba is now playing Deadshot. No way! Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> scheduling issues. In fact, I would have loved to have kept Will Smith in that role because I do like consistency in, oh, in my movies. Because of Bad you know? Boys, the new Bad Boys film. It might That's be bad. It might be something why. else. I know he's got that other uh, Serena Venus Williams he's biopic. So successful. I mean, so, he's one of the people that have broken the ageism that mm-hmm. actors face. Like, I'm, yeah. I follow him religiously on Instagram. Absolutely. And yeah. I follow all of his his pages, and I was very disappointed that he was no longer cast in Suicide Squad because I knew it wasn't because of his performance. So I was mm-hmm. just like, but I don't think that they made a bad decision with their selection to replace him. So mm-hmm. I think we just have to look at it with open eyes and go, can this yeah. guy do it justice? Give well, him a, a chance. He's a great actor. He just is a great actor. I've, I've always I've always been um, like I know it bothers a lot of people when they recast. Uh, re- yeah. recast actors yeah because into, I do love like, I like consistency in my movies we emotionally attach yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, that, that's never bothered me as much and you know? the way I always see it is like like for instance if you read comic books and you you know you read one comic and a specific artist draws a that's character that's a good point and then you read another one years later. A and completely and it, different artist a, with a comp- completely different take. Christian Bale Batman versus Ben Affleck Batman. There you go. Yeah, well, it's still <laughs> it's still kind Okay, well, yeah. there well, see, is... See, that's a, a different universe, though. I was using we're, it as an example yeah. to you. Yeah. And people hated I mean, one versus the other, but I don't mind then, it in separate universes, guys. It's just the same universes. Where yeah, well, I mean, but, it's the yeah. same thing. Like, mm-hmm. the, the most prominent one in Marvel was uh, James Rhodes when it was... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's... Terrence Howard to mm-hmm. Don Cheadle. Yes, they are okay. very different actors. And very they look, different. Act- they look they very, very different. different. But they brought different mm-hmm. chemistry yeah. to a great right. role, and I think they both that's did the a great one, right? job in mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. Right, but then it's different have, chemistry. That's all. Then we have Edward Norton. Um, oh, Edward and, Norton and yeah. Mark Ruffalo. But you know what? That uh, standalone Incredible Hulk movie was so forgettable. That I think that could just be skipped, you know. Well, what about the Ang Lee Hulk? Because that was supposedly a, um, <laughs> well, a sequel to that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think those. I don't think those two are tied, General. I think are they? Because because no, I, so. I thought like the whole point. I I honestly thought the Incredible Hulk was supposed to be a direct sequel to whatever no, the, the Ang Lee one so. was called. Nope, I think they're completely different. They were standalone. Yeah. Really? Because yeah. they had Bruce Banner in Brazil, and I thought at the end of the Ang Lee Hulk, mm. he was going yeah. into the jungle. 
Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Just because he's in Brazil, he's <laughs> he's going into a jungle. A jungle yeah. like ah. Yeah. But guys, I really think James Gunn is the best person to helm the third chapter. You know, because you want the consistency with the first two films. He already, already wrote the script. He already has a vision. He had a let the man freaking do like, his movie. It is an amazing accomplishment what mm-hmm. he did with the with the Guardians of the Galaxy because right. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, even comic book nerds barely knew who they were. Right. And they were so they, obscure. They were so obscure. And right. it was like, and you think, <laughs> like, like it was like an absolute stroke of brilliance to combine all these, like, huge, high-minded Marvel cosmic ideas, like the Celestials and stuff. Right. With a guy who plays '70s rock, and uh, and they <laughs> and they have like such a silly sense of humor at the same time, right? And um, <laughs> that was, uh, I mean, that's what I think really like made that movie resonate with a lot of people okay. was that it was really, really strange, but also so relatable. Yes, and, and I think James has a has a gift of making relatable characters. Yes, exactly. So. Um, there's actually another film that James is doing. There's a trailer just dropped for Brightburn. Have you heard about this? Yes. Yes. So Elizabeth Banks stars in this, and um, it's directed by David uh, Yarovsky, but produced by um, James Gunn. Um, but uh, the trailer looks pretty creepy. Um, the guy is pretty, pretty powerful. Um, yes. Uh, oh, that's the evil Superman. He's like, like kind an of alien boy with superpowers. Yeah. by human parents. It looked very yeah. unique. Um, when I, I saw it um, as a preview that was following mm-hmm. up to Captain Marvel. And one of my stripes with Hollywood is that we have a lot of recycled material today. We don't have right. original ideas. Um, and while Absolutely. we will talk about one of them, I'm excited about tonight. That's going to that is about a trailer tonight. This one, when I saw it, I was just like. I was leading up thinking it was going to be a a good story, like it was going to be a superhero story, which is really in right now. So that was amazing marketing strategy right there. It caught your attention from the get-go. But then it turns into a horror, and I'm staring at the screen with my mouth hanging open and popcorn (laughs) halfway midair going to my partners next to me that were watching or waiting to watch the movie. I'm like, what? What? Did you just? Is this a a hot? It's a superhero slash sci-fi slash horror. And it's mm-hmm. unique. So it's all three genres combined into yes. one film. Yeah, there's a um, Alan Moore, the uh, the writer, the famous writer, and, mm-hmm. and everything. He used to write um, like back when he was starting. He wrote this superhero comic called Miracle Man, mm-hmm. which was uh, which was based in um, you know it was like kind of a British version of Shazam. It had the same idea. Well, he took it in a completely different direction where, like, a kid miracle... Like, there is this, like, really, really infamous scene in one of the the books that he wrote for Mm -hmm. Miracle Man where kid Miracle Man, who's supposed to be, like, Miracle Man's sidekick and everything, goes completely nuts and... (laughs) It's like this insanely brutally violent because he's like got the powers of you know a Superman type. Yeah, and he it pretty much shows like how much carnage someone like that with those kinds of powers can do. <laughs> yep, and uh, and that's what it made me think of like you know when I saw that trailer. Yeah. All right, speaking of trailers, guys. Um, it dropped on Thursday, so we didn't discuss it last Wednesday, but yes, uh, brand new Avengers Endgame trailer, guys. Um, 
definitely uh, a lot more uh, that was revealed in this trailer as opposed to the very first one that dropped on Super Bowl Sunday. The black um, and white was an interesting choice to do that. With yes, the, with some archive footage. Yeah. Yeah, so they had the archive footage. And I actually thought when I saw Captain America with the casket, I thought that was new footage, but no, someone had mentioned that is archive that's footage from, from Peggy, Peggy Carter. Yeah. Right. So I was like freaking out. Wait, I thought Chris Evans was the one that's going to pass away. So, well, that's an older spoiler, so they should have seen it by now. But I think it was a hint to what we were leading up to earlier in the night that, uh, oh. that we were discussing. Yeah. Oh, no. I are, are, we, we'll are, we gonna be, are we going to be talking about that in earnest now? It's yeah. up to Al. Yeah. So, well, yeah. What, 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 would you, what would you like to well, say I mean, specifically? Like, uh, I was uh, one of the, like, I may be the only person in the world who, uh, the only Avengers fan whose favorite Avenger is Hawkeye. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. people look. He's at like it. my third favorite, so he's in my top. Five. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but a so lot you of know that... the, you know the backstory of how he becomes Hawkeye or Ronan, right? Yeah. From yeah. Hawkeye to Ronan. Right. Well, and, and and a lot of that is because he was one of my favorite characters in the mm-hmm. comics. Obviously, the way they've treated his character in the movies, mm-hmm. right. he's not as he's like a B player. He's yeah. like a B player, right? <laughs> so I was I was pretty pretty happy that he got like a more prominent role in the and they show him and he, he's training this young girl mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that young girl is Kate Bishop who will eventually become like currently in Marvel Comics there are two Hawkeyes there's Clint Barton and then this uh, younger girl named Kate Bishop oh okay kind of like you know the Joker and then the um, I'm sorry Harvey Dent's daughter I believe it was yeah yeah kind of like those two within the series there become two and people get very confused yeah. with that I found out with cosplay of all things because I dressed up as just gender, not even gender Ben, but cross gender, cross gender Joker. And people were like, Are you Harvey Dent's daughter? I'm like, No. <laughs> I'm just Joker. <laughs> well, you could be. Well, you know what? I think they're alluding to that being switched around to be his daughter. Oh, they are. You I, think okay. so? Okay, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. So uh, it is similar then in their comparison. Yeah, but they decided to make it her, the daughter yeah. instead. And of um, course, like, you know, it's, uh, he's. Probably going to have the same. I mean, he'll get the same treatment in that movie yeah. that he does in the others. But if, but. if I may, if we go back mm-hmm. to the, the the trailer itself, is there anything that you two think is like? Is there something that speaks to you here? Mm-hmm. Well, wait, we'll go back to it. We'll, we'll go back because we'll we have actually, to return. There's a lot. <laughs> we will be talking about another movie very shortly. So, Avengers Endgame talk on hold, guys. We are going to bring on our special guest of the evening. You can check her out in the film, Dragged Across Concrete. That does not sound very comfortable, by the way. It uh, <laughs> comes out March 22nd, guys. Actress extraordinaire, we have Justine Warrington on the line. What's up, Justine? Hello, what's up, what's up? Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> thanks for thanks for being here, yes. Um, yeah. You're on the line with Al Soto. We have Mike DeGeneral Zod and Miss Tiffany Marie Ford talking to you. Al, Mike, and Tiffany. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> so, yes, I we saw the trailer, Dragged Across Concrete. Again, uh-huh. it doesn't sound comfortable uh, to be dragged across. <laughs> but Although, I'll, I'll bet there's a, there's a subset of people who would pay a lot for that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the trailer looks great. You have an A-list cast with Vince yeah, Vaughn, Mel Gibson, Jennifer Carpenter, and yourself. Um, the, the, the Tori sound, Kittles. 
Tori Kittle. Yes, let's Michael not forget Tori. Absolutely, Thomas we can't forget. Freshman. Keep going with the list. Come on. Yes, yes, of list. course, of course. <laughs> She's like, hey, equal Fred rights here. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jai White, Laurie Holden, yeah. Fred Melamed, and Don Johnson. That's and right. And Yes. And Thomas Kretschmann. I mean, I can't even. Yeah, and anybody I miss, please throw it out. But uh, I think yeah. it's a Who's very... not in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... Yes, yeah, seriously. I think it's got a, a, a cool premise, which, again, is very relevant today um, mm. with you know, some of the injustices with the police force, um, yeah. alleg- allegedly, of course, um, where <laughs> Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn play these... Uh, Police partners uh, who do. were suspended for assaulting a suspect on video. So, would you That's certainly right. agree that it's a relevant movie? Oh, I certainly would. I love that it got that it's such a conversation starter. You know, yeah, bring it, bring on the uh, debates. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think it's controversial? It really no, would you say it's controversial at all? I sure would. I would say it's very morally challenging. I would say it's emotionally challenging. It was wow. certainly challenging for me as an actor to work on it, but I loved every minute of it, I will say. Okay. Uh, and I'm happy it's sparking a conversation because if nothing else, that's what storytelling should do, no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you play a Cheryl, a bank employee who's taken hostage. I do. Yes, I guess hopefully that's not a spoiler. Um, and you're forced to perform violent acts. My goodness, I guess we'll have to find out exactly what violent acts uh, this entails. Um, but if you could, uh, did you work closely with Mel and Vince in that scene? I did. We have a very fun scene together. Fun. I call it fun. <laughs> I like her. She uses the word fun like it's I do. Brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. But yeah, I did get to work with them and it was such an honor. And I, oh my God. I mean, wow. I was like, oh, hi, it's me and these legends. Hi, how you doing? Hi. We're just going to shoot this scene now. Thank you. <laughs> it was marvelous. Zoller is a really incredible writer and storyteller. And it was just an honor to work with them. And I'm really proud of the film. I'm really, really proud of it. Wow. Uh, to tell you about Cheryl, what can I tell you about Cheryl? Yeah, she gets caught between the criminals and the detectives who are Mel and Vince. And, uh, yeah, you know, she just goes along on a ride that I can't tell you about because there's so many good surprises. Oh, yeah, we yeah we don't want to get sp- too spoiled. Spoiler. No. But, again, you let's go back to working with these legends, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Um, did you yeah. have any nervousness working with such, you know, two huge names in the industry? I sure did. Yeah. I sure did have nerves about this. However, luckily, <laughs> luckily, Three weeks prior, or two weeks prior, I just worked with another legend by the name of Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wait a minute. I had kind of an epic summer. Yeah, I was going to get into that. I was going to get into that film a little bit later, but yes, I think that's amazing. (laughs) You know, but honestly, like working with Johnny first and then working with Mel and Vince, like Johnny kind of prepped me for this because I was like, I've worked with some other, you know, wonderful stars and and people of cinema, but these are kind of next level do you know what i mean so i was like what so it was uh yeah what was your question what was it like or what was it well mel mel's got kind of a reputation for <laughs> he sure does <laughs> i don't know as an amazing cinema artist there okay you go. there we go poised <laughs> professional i like her okay <laughs> composed 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 you know and what? poised I like, yeah, exactly you, you saw mel you saw thank mel's you. good side thank and, you and, tiffany yes. you're welcome <laughs> Right on. This is so cool. 
Um, so um, now, is this film going to have a major theatrical release or a limited theater release? Oh, you know, that's a good question. That's a question for Lionsgate, who's doing the releasing. Okay. I know it comes out in America uh, tomorrow night, actually. It'll be at the Arclight in Hollywood, if y'all are around. Oh, I won't heck be there, yeah. but Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn and Tori Kittles will be there. I heard it's almost Wait a minute. out, but you can... The premiere's tomorrow, and I'll be in L.A.? No, no. I'm... It's, it's um, uh, what do you call it? Collider is doing a special screening at the Arclight in Hollywood. And what? Vince will be there, and Tori will be there. What time and... is the screening tomorrow? Oh, golly. I wish I knew. I uh, Let's just Google it. Quickly Google it. We'll okay. figure it out. Uh, he will be in L.A. I, want to say it's I will be in Los Angeles. That's why. Yeah, the rest of us are on the other side of the country. But so. I will be in L.A. Oh, okay. so. Well, but it comes out all... If you check out Cinestate. So Cinestate is the company out of Dallas, Texas, who is... Okay. Who's produced all three of Dollar's films, Bone Tomahawk and Sal, uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, also starring Vince Vaughn. Um, so Cinestate has a great uh, Instagram page and Facebook page, and they're posting all the info. And they've got they've just released like they've been tweeting the all the cinemas that it's playing in across America, and it'll be on VOD as well for those video on demand friends. Video on uh, demand. I can't. I, uh, honestly, like crime thriller is not a um, a genre that I seek out as an audience member myself. I, I tend to just yeah. love kind of comedies and dark comedies and and stuff. But I have to say, right. I've become an uber fan of Dollar through this process. Of he course. makes really interesting, really challenging, beautiful cinema. And and the cinematographer, uh, Benji Bakshi, who's the cinematographer for all three films as well, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's an art film as well, on top of it being wow. a really kind of badass, difficult, wonderful story. Well, they call Craig um, Zoller the current king of outlaw cinema. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> So I, think I think that's, that's such a beautiful review, and uh, yeah, bring it, yo. Bring it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Did you get to work uh, at all with Jennifer Carpenter or any of the other cast? I did. Jennifer plays my fellow bank mate, and so does Fred Melamed, and that was a wonderful day uh, shooting. I, I got to uh, yeah work with, with them directly, and Thomas Kretschmann as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer's wonderful, obviously, like an amazing human being, an amazing actor, and Fred Melamed uh, is just—he was really supportive and wonderful to work with, and I'm very grateful to him because it, I have to admit it was intimidating. You know, I'm like, hi, you know, I'm an indie <laughs> actor here in Canada, and I've done some cool stuff, but this was next level, absolutely. It, it really is. This this is uh, this is the next step, uh, Justine. You're, yeah, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah. Thank you. I I'm doing it. something. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. You got to thank your agent. That that's killing. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> what about Laurie Holden? See, I was a big Walking Dead fan. Did you get to meet her on set? Oh, I know, right? Walking Dead's amazing. I didn't get to work with her, but she does beautiful work in the film, and so does the woman who plays her daughter. Uh, right. Yeah. Even, honestly, like I, I was really, I was really taken by all of their work, and obviously, I mean, obviously, but you know. I was I was happy to be so in such great company and be so delighted by the performances at the end of the day. We premiered in uh, Venice, Italy, in the Venice International yes, Film Festival, as you may that. know. And that was just a beautiful experience. Yes, BFI London Film Festival. Yeah, uh, Venice. Yeah, BFI. Yes, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's great. Um, Justine, can I ask you a few questions? Of course. <laughs> I'm just going to dip Hi. in here because I love Al and I love listening to him, but I'm just like, I didn't want to interrupt and like, no, go, go your for voice it, is just so Get the beautiful. Get the floor. I'm Come on. <laughs> <laughs> your voice is just so sassy and beautiful. Aww. And before Aww. I ask the question I really wanted to ask, um, 
were you I mean I, I think there was some mentioning you were t were you with your your voice being so sassy all I could imagine especially with Mel Gibson and thinking about lethal weapon in my head and then Vince Vaughn is were you tied up at all <laughs> well is it a spoiler spoilers <laughs> was I tied up at all <laughs> and did you like it no I'm joking <laughs> was I not tied up I I <laughs> I, I hear that there's some, you know, an undertone to that, and I'm just going to leave that there. Um, <laughs> no, but I had another personal question for you, actually. Sure. Um, aside from uh, wondering how much effort it took to you to get, or uh, it took for you to get into this role, and the, just the heat and pressure mm. that might have come with working with those two actors, um, I think yeah. that, that takes a lot of work ethic and and construction and and again composure <laughs> um, to you. work with. So I think I, I commend you for that. Um, I have to ask, aside from all of those, a personal question. I hear you enjoy karaoke. Is that true? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Why, I do. <laughs> Can I hear you sing? Oh, you're putting her on the spot. Something what? small? <laughs> like, maybe a, even just a, a common karaoke popular song that you'd hear if you go to a karaoke bar kind of thing. Can, well, can I? Your go-to is what? Santeria, isn't it? There it is. Oh, dear God. I knew I shouldn't have put that in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I myself love karaoke. Well, so. you play guitar and you and you're a songwriter. I'm reading here, so I this, do. I play guitar and I sing, and music is a big part of mm -hmm. my life and my process in acting as well. She's a big right. artist. And to answer your earlier question, I'm not avoiding the karaoke, but I, to answer your earlier question about the um, how did I prep for this role, death metal was a part of it. I'll, I'll oh wow, I know. love what? you. <laughs> really, you are such a unique character so far. We we have had. Quite a few interviews on this show, but you, I already just by talking to you this much, you are a unique person. I, I like Thank the you. layers that you have. <laughs> I really do. Thank you. I, I'm all banker on screen, and you know, I really, um, Head I don't know. I've, I've, I've enjoyed my journey as an artist in this in this world so far, and uh, you know, I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. Woo! Well, I had a million dollars, but I what? I, I spent it all. Yeah. Fantastic. We could go all night and That's sing. That's not going to be embarrassing at all. Thank no, you. No, that was fantastic. Right Thank you. I don't mind. A lot of this work we do is very embarrassing, and it's kind of, you know, kind of, you know, at least it makes it interesting. I think right. as an actor, you have to be willing to laugh at yourself. That's the key. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about your work on The Professor, uh, your character yes, with please. Sarah. Um, you work, again, another A-list group of actors, mm -hmm. Johnny Depp, uh, Zoe Dutch, Ron Livingston. Rosemary DeWitt. Um, Rosemary DeRitt. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, tell us about... Wow. Yeah, that's an, a, quite an assembly, and I, I, based on the cast and yourself, I do need to see this film. It did come out last year. But tell us a little bit about the film and your character. Oh, well, it hasn't come out. It, it, we premiered in... The world premiere was in Zurich, the Zurich Film Festival in October, but it oh, hasn't come out. Okay. The release is still to be announced in 2019. Oh, wow. So don't you worry. You okay, haven't good. missed it. I did not miss it. It's one of the most beautiful roles I've seen Johnny play. And yes, I've seen all his films because he has been my favorite actor since I was a teenager. Aww. And so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, yeah, so Wayne Roberts, wonderful writer. He wrote and directed this film. His first film is called Katie Says Goodbye. 
So the working title of this film, The Professor, was Richard Says Goodbye originally. So all the, you'll see all the hashtags, social media yes, and whatnot for that. That's what I'm seeing. So they changed right. the title, which is a great title because he plays The Professor. And damn, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Wayne Roberts is his second feature film. What a talent. It's one of the most funny. It's very darkly comedic. And it's one of the funniest scripts I've read in quite a long time. Um, imagine my luck and surprise when I got the email that I finally got to audition for a role to play opposite my favorite actor in all of time. So that was amazing. Uh, And then I got the role and I was like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous. You lost it, didn't you? You lost it. (laughs) Hard to contain yourself. I'm in the film. I have a couple of moments in the film, but I did get to work with Johnny and he was amazing. The most fun I've ever had. Uh, the most fun you've ever had. I mean, wow. how fun. was it to work with him without him being transformed into a character of a character on screen? Right. If that because he's just playing kind of a sense. regular guy, exactly. Because yeah. even like, I mean, yeah, and he's not a regular guy in real life. Let's be honest. He's this very interesting artist. <laughs> Intriguing. Um, Luckily, all his tattoos were covered and painted over. Otherwise, I might have died. <laughs> <laughs> I get what she means, and she means gone to heaven. Right? Oh, my. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but you know what? I'm sure he enjoyed this role because he leaves no sin unsinned. Uh-huh. He drinks, smokes, dives headlong into sexual escapades. Hello. Oh, and yeah. doesn't let anyone get in his way. Sounds like, uh, you know, just a typical weekend. It sounds like Carpe Diem, baby, you know? YOLO, as the young kids say oh. these days. <laughs> I'm ever grateful to Wayne Roberts for casting me in this role, and I'm ever grateful to Johnny for the beautiful experience because it was, you know, they say you shouldn't meet your you shouldn't meet your heroes or whatever because you might be so disappointed, but yeah. it couldn't have been a more beautiful, uplifting, hilarious, fun experience. Like, wow. wow. Have you mm-hmm. met anyone and been disappointed? Oh, well, we're not going to talk about it in the air. Of yeah, course, the... Hollywood man. <laughs> can, you, can you share uh, one one instance? I like the answer no. she said. Of, no. of course, it's Hollywood. No. <laughs> no, keep it on the up. I mean, I'll tell <laughs> no. you when we'll go out for drinks sometime. Yes, that <laughs> yes, sounds man. good. That sounds like a great idea. That sounds yeah. like a fantastic idea. Not yeah. in the air. I mean, sure, there's all kinds of weird stuff that goes on. You know what I mean? But I've, I've been really lucky. I've had really wonderful experiences, actually, you know? Yeah, Justine, one of the things I really love from reading your bio is uh, one of your, I guess guess you could say it's one of your mottos that you put down here. I like pushing boundaries more than buttons. (laughs) And that's... that that's something that um, you know a lot of people I think don't really understand, and they uh, they kind of uh, they kind of think that what you have to do is you have to push buttons. Right. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like, uh, give examples. Uh, well, pushing buttons is just kind of like manipulative. It's like what you do in relationships when you're trying to be crummy and like get a rise out of somebody. <laughs> and pushing boundaries is like let's expand our thought consciousness. Let's expand our horizons and, and what we're able to do as human beings, as artists, as storytellers. Uh, Dollar definitely pushes boundaries with his work. Uh, Johnny always does. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that um, boundary pushing is different. And I don't mean overstepping a personal boundary. I don't mean that in any regard. But, uh, yeah, pushing buttons? I mean, I think you're just being a meanie, aren't you? <laughs> you could write a book And it's different from concept. stirring the pot. Sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say it's different from stirring the pot because that's a lot of fun too, right? you got to stir the pot sometimes. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess that... that what were you going to say, Tiffany? 
No, I was uh, just the way that you verbalized that because you're very well spoken, by the way. Um, the, the way you verbalized that and articulated that, you could write a book off of that concept. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> Apparently, it. I'm thinking too small. I, I was saying about Dollar today. I had another interview earlier, and I don't know how he crammed so much time into one day to be so prolific. And I'm kind of like going, I need to level up. Like <laughs> this man writes novels, screenplays, music. Like I mean, he he wrote the music for the film along with Jeff Harriet, his longtime music buddy. And uh, how do you even do that? I mean, how do you guys spend your day? I'm like, I'll meditate for a bit. I'll go to the pool. Then I'll just kind of hang out. <laughs> then I'll maybe go to an audition. Like, I don't I don't cram a lot of... I'm not creating constantly. I do create. I shouldn't say I'm not. But to right. that level, that's a whole other thing. It's okay. mad impressive. So you're working with the one and only Littlefinger himself from Game of Thrones... In, oh yeah! In uh, that's right, Aiden Gillen in Project Blue Book. Uh, yeah. Tell us about your experience working on that set and your character. Oh, it was wonderful. I just have a little bit on there, and it was in the first episode in the pilot. But cool. it was great because I'd auditioned twice for the show, and you know, either you're a secretary or you're a wife. So I was nailing the secretary element of things in the because it's in, like a period piece from the fifties, mm-hmm. right? Fifties, sixties. Right. And uh, so I got to read the script, the pilot script, and the first episode and I was just so impressed with his writing and the whole production value was glorious and then to get to meet uh, Aiden Gillen was wonderful and to work on this project uh, I mean the reason I put it in my bio is just because it was a highlight I mean the the um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm just in the first episode it's the second season so maybe they need me back we don't know <laughs> yes I mean uh, but yeah I was secretaries are very important yeah and secretaries are very important so I can imagine. They're very important. Yes. They get the stuff done. Yes, they get the yeah. stuff done. Yep. So I imagine they'll be And I love back. doing period pieces. That's really, you know, it's always fun to get dressed up in an era that's not yours. Yes. Yes. You got to love the, the costuming of, t- of period pieces. Those, those are always fun. Absolutely. Yeah. You take your selfies and post them. It's a wonderful <laughs> show. The production yeah. value in this writing is just fantastic. It was a really pleasure to be a part of it. Oh, the, the, as the, brief premise, as it was. the premise is cool. I mean... Does it make you believe in aliens and and and, and uh... I believe in all kinds of things, man. Yeah. We don't know anyone that thinks they know things. We don't know anything. I mean, we're born, we're flying around on this crazy rock. Uh, you know, how do you know what's right or wrong? How do you know if the religions are true? How do you know if there's aliens or not, or ghosts or not, or the afterlife or not? Anyone's that's like, I know for sure. No, you don't. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you know for sure? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right on. So here's an interesting project that I'm reading, Earth Lickers. Ooh, Earth Lickers, <laughs> my love child. That's your love child, okay. Please tell us about this. Thank you. Earth Lickers is a very fun, literally a love child project that my friend Allison Araya and I conceived of. There's this wonderful filmmaking contest in British Columbia here uh, called Crazy Eights, and you pitch, basically like hundreds of people pitch their concepts and then six films get made each year, and so our strange kind of Barbarella-infused uh, mayhem got chosen. <laughs> it's a um, sci-fi comedy about alien love goddesses who come to Earth to raise the vibration, the, the vibration of love, because, you know, the planet's enwrapped in fear, and it's just not going to, it's just not going to fly. Okay, so I was thinking we made of a vibration of film. love, I was thinking of uh, some, like your little friend or something. Oh, like, oh, like, oh. <laughs> like well, I guess it's like long and prosper. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Yes. 
Uh, <laughs> Earth Liquors is the most fun I've ever had creating something and writing something. We have developed it into a feature screenplay, which uh, we entered a contest a while back, the Canadian Film Fest Harold Greenberg Fund uh, screenplay competition, and we got put on the top ten. It's called the top ten it list of the best unproduced screenplays in Canada. So uh, wow. I kind of liken it to, a bit to the Canadian blacklist. You know, we, the blacklist obviously is the you know the go-to list down in your parts, but it's a bit like that. And so, an honor to have achieved that with our silly, fun, outrageous idea. And uh, a friend of mine is currently writing music for it. Uh, because it is a, it has a lot of music in it. It's music based, and uh, the feature is different from the short, but it's the same concept of um, you know healing the earth with love vibrations nice. and good music. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. I can't wait to see it. So hopefully, uh, thanks. I can't be, wait to make it. You'll be <laughs> yeah. So you'll be posting about that on your social media when uh, when everyone can check it out. When absolutely, yeah. When it's finished, yeah. We can get the green light for that baby because the short film is already out in the world. We played festivals and. You know, it has a it has a tiny little cult following, which I just believe in so so dearly. Okay, so the short is already so, out. Got it. The short's already out. We played festivals. Yeah, that was back in 2015. Okay, yeah. right on. I gotta make mm-hmm. sure you check that out. Very Films very cool. Don't take a while to make. You know, it's a journey. Yes. So we've interviewed many uh, of awesome towns from M Public Relations, from from Vancouver, cool. and um, I think it's amazing that Vancouver is the Hollywood of the North, and a lot of the actors are finding, you know, amazing uh, careers just staying in, um, you know, Vancouver. Do you feel uh, that that's the best scenario versus like Los Angeles or New York? Or do you feel that staying in Vancouver is where it's at? I think Vancouver is totally where it's at right now. I mean, it's not for a lack of trying to get out. I moved away. I moved to Toronto. I've I've spent time in L.A. It's um, for I don't know what it's like in you know, for Americans to come to Canada, but there's a whole visa issue and a whole, it's a whole bunch of, you know, paperwork and things to try and expand out beyond being able right. to work in your own country. Right, because it's and a different union so too, yeah. Yeah, and, and so it's certainly a goal to expand further, and this, I mean, these two opportunities have been just golden, and all we can do is kind of keep, keep, keep on going and hoping that our work gets noticed and gets celebrated. Uh, well, you know, beyond our little town here. But yeah, Vancouver's on fire right now. It Pilots is. Been great. Mm. I just got to work with Zoe Cassavetes on a really great pilot by Matt McConkie. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of happening here right now. But Hollywood's wonderful. I spent a lot of time in L.A. and I love it there. I've got a lot of friends and it's a beautiful town. Right. Well, hey, um, because like you said, so many productions are happening in Vancouver. I mean, all the CW Network shows pretty much are, are in Vancouver. Yeah. So, yes, you're definitely in good company. Well, Justine, wow, it was amazing talking to you here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you. Um, where, can our, where can the fans find your social media and all that good stuff? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JustWar, J-U-S-T-W-A-R-R, two R's. It's like my name, but truncated because my la- name is actually too long to fit on social media. <laughs> right uh, on. on the handles, it's true. So at Just War, both those things. Um, cool. Yeah, and yeah, I look forward to to hearing this broadcast live once again. Right on. Oh, I found you. I on check Instagram. out your show. It sounds great. You guys are doing <laughs> found Justine. Work. Nice. I found her. I added her. <laughs> nice. Yay. So, so Justine, if you could uh, cut a little promo for us, let us know who you are. Do a little plug yeah. for Drag Across Con- Concrete, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show and whatever you want at the end. And whatever I want at the end. Yes. Oh my. Ooh. Okay. Just like a little, a little, little. Okay, cool. Tell me when to go. 
Go ahead. Hey, this is Justine Warrington. I am on Below the Belt Show. You can find me in theaters and VOD March 22nd in America on Dragged Across Concrete, the new film by F. Craig Zoller. And um, I hope that world peace happens soon. <laughs> That's, that ends on all You're ending it girl. on a lofty, lofty goal. <laughs> a good goal. Anything I want. That's what I want. <laughs> Justin, you're awesome. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you Thanks. so much. Bye bye. I'll look you up when I'm down south, yo. Yes, right. bye. We love you. <laughs> we night. love you. Thank Aww. you so much, darling. Right. Bye bye. Bye. That was a lot of fun. That was. She was. Uh, you know how sometimes we have some. We have some okay guests, <laughs> and then sometimes. Don't bury another guest. You yes. love Justine. Yeah, she was. She was so infectiously enthusiastic, yes. and so yeah, that was. All we. Right. Had, she was a great guest. She was fantastic. Yeah. So let's go uh, throw out a couple more movie things, and we'll take a classic cut break. Um, yes, let's talk about Black Widow. Which I think will be, they didn't confirm yet, but will be the next MCU movie after Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, have they even begun production on it? No, they have not. So they have to actually start production soon. Well, they've if been, they want to get this out. Didn't they already, they've already started production on Doctor Strange 2 and oh, you got, Black you have Panther 2. Wow. No, I didn't hear about I did not hear anything. There, there's no script for Black Panther 2 yet. Oh. No, I don't mm-hmm. think so yet. Black Widow, The Inhumans. There have been a lot of articles that claim that it's going to happen, but there's been no confirmation yet. Yeah. Okay. So the news on Black Widow. Okay, so they have just uh, announced a great actress who I got to see in the WWE-based film Fighting With My Family with The Rock and Vince Vaughn, who we just talked about. Uh, her name is Florence Pugh. She actually played the character of Paige, the um, the main uh, protagonist of Fighting With My Family. Um, great British actress. Um, real, real pretty girl, too. Um, she will be joining um, the Black Widow movie as far as what character that has not been revealed just yet. There aren't there aren't that many like iconic villains for Black Pan. I mean for Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Like at least for, from a solo perspective, I imagine right. they're gonna probably explore like the whole Red Room. The type. background of her, how yeah. she became mm-hmm. to be, of course. Um, I mean, yeah. no, because she was also she was always fighting alongside with most people. But she, I think that they're gonna go into more of again her solo missions when she went undercover because that's gonna build her character a lot. Right. Yep. Yeah. Another big trailer that just came out is the Toy Story 4 trailer, guys. Yeah, that's uh that's kind of we're kind of like really really almost delving into like true existential despair though in the Toy Story <laughs> world with um um the the fork. Yeah, Forky is Forky. A, ut- a utensil turned toy created by their new owner Bonnie. Yeah, because like yeah. in the trailer, he tries to commit suicide, and he keeps talking about how yeah. like but I that's, mean, that's I mean presenting real world problems today, and maybe that's the tactic of which they tried to use as an approach to, um, I mean, garner more, uh, I want to say patrons and and an audience. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad because thing. Even I'm just when uh, I saw it when I was a kid. I mean, they had that... I forget his name, but he was such an asshole. The kid in that movie was a bully, and he was destroying the toys, and he was just... I mean, I was afraid Oh, the of neighbor kid, kid in yeah. the first one. Yeah. Um, and it actually did delve into some depressing topics and, mm-hmm. and big things for Disney. I think Disney's always been kind of um, controversy in that type. Usually it was in... Um, 
you know, drawings that you had to question in the right pause moment. But um, <laughs> I think that Toy Story and the fourth one, I think they're because initially mm. what I got from that movie and this might sound a little profound for a child. What I got from that movie, from what I remember, was um, a connection I had never really seen expressed before between a child's perspective and something that it emotionally as a child attached themselves to. Like you don't see that as an adult now, but the biggest thing with toys and these things we identified with as children is that was an emotional connection ongoingly. Certain toys of those were my personal best friend, and that's what Toy Aww. Story was about to me. So I think that they're delving into relatable topics that are dark today because mm -hmm. kids are going to watch that. Yep. And that that's all about relationships we had with that quote-unquote invisible friend or yeah. that toy. Wow. Well, there, it, it, there does uh, bring up some questions, though, because Forky... <laughs> like Forky becomes sentient once they put the the googly eyes on him. Does that imply yeah, that right? that uh -oh. all like because Forky is just a plastic fork before that? Does that imply that like all inanimate objects have some kind of uh, at least in the Toy Story universe value? Value value is a good value is a good word. I was I was going more for like uh, like. Do they all have like some sort of like inherent intelligence and uh, and if so, well they speak so. <laughs> well, no, well, you know, they, but in, so in, in most they, of the Toy Story movies, the only the only the only things that seem to mm -hmm. have any sort of mm -hmm. uh, sentience are the toys because they have like all sorts of other stuff in those movies that don't do or say anything, but then suddenly you put googly eyes and a fork. Is a person. Is a person. I just had the weirdest connection that I didn't have as a child. Does anyone remember that horror movie, The Puppet Master? Yeah. Toy Story, Puppet Master, but with Disney slapped on it. That's, that's a good <laughs> That actually works. Talking toys? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And some of those toys were very yeah. vicious, especially you brought up the, we brought up the neighbor kid earlier. Yeah. I'm just saying, Puppet Master, Disney franchised. Yeah. <laughs> but that's i mean that's like the toy story the toy story franchise has been really really mm -hmm. you know it's been really like rewarding watching it watching has. the movies there yeah. hasn't been a bad movie no. in the toy story world and um a lot of that is because like you're saying it's like pushing it's bringing interesting ideas mm -hmm. that you may not really think about mm -hmm. and they pick their time between the films mm -hmm. too they don't it's not like the Fast, Fast and Furious franchise with the chug <laughs> a new yeah. movie every couple of years. They they take time to make sure the script is right and, mm -hmm. and you know. And that's they can, a, that's and they, then it, they somehow know. reach that sweet spot where they don't wait too long for the right. sequels to come out, so that mm -hmm. there's still a lot of um, right. anticipation. It's not Maybe like as long as the Incredibles. It's not like, like Incredibles was a big gap. Yeah, but it's not like you know the uh, what was it twelve years between the first Zoolander and the second, and no one okay. cared about yeah. the second one, even though the first one was hilarious. Yeah, and, that's what I wonder about. And the, actually, the second one was funny too. That's but what I wonder was, about Avatar too. Yeah, you know. Two and three. Now that you mentioned no, that. because the I mean the producer and the director is legendary. People are going to go and watch it for the sake of that. Mm. You cannot replace. I don't know. That direct. No, I can't, I'm sorry. Like, I remember seeing Avatar, but I don't really at the same time. Yeah, can like, you name one was, character from Avatar? There's the uh, Marine. I don't remember Sam. his name, name, but the Marine. Sam Rockwell. Is it Sam? No, <laughs> well, it's not Sam you, Rockwell. We can name it actors. It was Sam. I believe it was Sam. We can name actors. Yeah. But can you name a character? See, that's the thing. We, we're not. We Marine in so, wheelchair. 
Yeah, <laughs> Marine in wheelchair. Am I right? Giovanni Ribisi was a douchebag in the yeah, movie. I see. You don't know, <laughs> you don't like, know the name. But of the Marine in wheelchair was essentially how they portrayed him. The they portrayed him the entire movie. Yeah. You didn't really get to hear his yeah. name very much. He was just you, dude, guy. You're in wheelchair. You're gonna go into this world and you're gonna that's stick how... a you're gonna stick a pterodactyl in the head. No, what, and there's gonna be some weird hair mating thing. Yeah. You're just gonna do it. But I can't I can't remember any major plot points from the movie. See. And it's like. But you know what? With James Cameron, he's doing a stellar job with Terminator. As you know, the next Terminator film will be released this November. Um, They actually just revealed the title. Did you guys know about it? It's called Terminator Dark Fate. Can you talk about the cast? Well, yes, I could talk about the cast. Well, we know that um, Linda Hamilton is reprising her role as Sarah Connor. We do have Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, returning to the franchise. We have newcomers Mackenzie Davis and Gabriel Luna, who I talked to at Sundance. That's Ghost Rider, right? Uh, Gabriel Luna was in Marvel's Agents of Shield. Did he play? He's the one who played Ghost Rider. He might have. I'm not sure about that. But well, the the Ghost Rider drives the car, yeah. not the motorcycle. Okay, but Gabriel is uh, the Terminator. Yes, cool. if you did not know. He is a playing a new type of Terminator. Um, so yes, Terminator. Um, this so apparently they're um, not acknowledging the Terminator Genesis movie. I guess it kind of skips that. I never saw that. So yeah. it's I guess. It's I mean, good I love. They... It's interesting because I love. Um, was Terminator Daenerys? Genesis? Yeah, was, was she was Terminator in that one. She was phenomenal. Amelia Clark, but I did not see Terminator is, Genesis. Is that the one with Christian Bale? Too? I saw it. No, it was really really good. Christian well, Bale was not in that movie. Okay. No. Genesis um, was good. Genesis was good. Wait, um, what was the What was the Terminator movie with Christian Bale? I swear there was one. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he has a very common, stoic kind of, you know, chiseled jawline face that belongs yeah, gonna, in those gonna, types of movies. But you're going to fact check that No, one, Amelia right? Clark was phenomenal in yes. it, in fact. I mean, she has such a youthful look. And, yes. and her relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger in Genesis was just phenomenal. He played technically um, in that he was pop. That's who he played. And Amelia Clark, um, that's who she had been raised to believe he was. Okay. That was Pop. And then, um, if you hadn't seen it, it's spoilers, but I'm sorry, it's already been released. Get over it. Um, <laughs> he kind of dies, you think, but mm, okay. typical Arnold Schwarzenegger sacrificing himself in a powerful role. It was phenomenal. Even if yeah. you might, some people believed it was a filler, I believe there was a lot of chemistry and it brought a lot of character to it and it yeah. needs to be seen. She's a strong female, just like Linda Hamilton, the original right. strong female for me as a child. Um, it's worth it's worth watching. It really okay. is. Oh, even though, by the way, even by though the it's way, not going to be in the continuum of the Terminator. No, I yeah. think it really is still worth giving a chance because okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you're still going to feel like it has a place. Okay. Yeah. Good. And and by the way, Christian Bale was in Terminator Salvation. Oh, oh he's right. Oh. He's right. I failed. Batman himself. Completely yes. forgot. And what role yes, did he play though? It's been a lot of. You're Terminator absolutely movies. right. There's been a lot of Terminator. There was a Terminator TV show which I know came out. Which Lena Headey was yeah. in, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it was like. Sarah Connor Chronicles. It was. Was that what it's called? Yes, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yep, I actually yeah. watched 90s, that. 90s, there's yeah. a lot. Shirley Manson was in that too of, from Garbage, uh, which I loved. Yeah, there's a lot of Terminator content. So right, if anyone's yep. listening out there, I'm the next Linda Hamilton. Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll get down and do my push. I'll do the pull-up scene forever. Yeah. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'll yeah. Go, I'll go into a unit just to do that all day. Push-ups. <laughs> Linda Hamilton, yeah. you are amazing. All right. Was, so this is. I'm done. General and I are probably going to be excited about this because this is one of the 
the best comics in the 90s, and one of my favorite comic book artists of all time is J. Scott Campbell. Yes, we know. Which he is known, which he's known for drawing very, very beautiful woman, women in a very, <laughs> very kind of like animated kind of way. You know, he kind of has the thing with the eyes. He's got a certain style that stands out. But one of his uh, flagship comics was Danger Girl. And... Oh, they're in, they've announced. They've announced, yeah. yes, a live-action movie, guys, Danger Girl. Uh, Truth or Dare director Jeff Wadlow will direct the film, Danger Girl, um, who's actually in production on the Fantasy Island movie. And um, it's as you know, it's based on a female team. Um, well, okay, so it's, uh, it's a story of the adventures of Abby Chase, who is reluctantly recruited into an all-female secret spy organization, and she's paired with Sydney Savage, Natalia Castle, and Silicon Val. Silicon Val. <laughs> so yeah. the cast has not been announced yet. Who do you think would be great uh, to, uh, to play some of those characters in Danger Girl? <laughs> oh, it's been... oh Tiffany Ray Four, yes, right. Hey guys, right. I have a lot of crimson. I'm just saying. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you could. Well, you gotta you gotta you gotta either dye your hair blonde or um. Uh, was a blonde or uh? There's a black haired girl. I've been and... every color in the book, including pink and blue, by accident. Okay. Right. I didn't do it. The hairstylist did. Um, <laughs> and I pulled it off. Um, but I mean, it depends. People often tell me I look like um, Scarlett Johansson. Could yes. we do that in that film? Yes. You could. I, well, I could rock that it. Natasha, Natalia Castle is kind of very Black Widow-ish. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah I mean, when in the comics, I think she's supposed to be an homage to Black Widow. I mean, I think exactly. Al could also do it. <laughs> I'm not the sex appeal. I'll, yeah, I'll, he does. <laughs> I mean, thank you. I will be in the film, but definitely not one of the Danger Girls. I want to cause an uproar. I could do um, Danger Girl. <laughs> I'm dangerous. I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to work on the movie. If I find any casting information, I will be submitting. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you want to. You want to get back to the Avengers Endgame trailer because we didn't really get a chance to talk about well, it. Well, you know, we we kind of talk. Is what 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 should we add? What should we add? Well, I mean, there's. Let's see here. So, did, a lot. so first of all, did it give any r- reveals as to how Thanos' snap is reversed? No, I don't. It didn't think get so. a reveal as to how. However, we all mm. know the person that gave him that mm. stone was Doctor Strange, and what is his superpower? Like, you got to think he stood there for hours, going Tormorfu. <laughs> oh, no, I'm like, here. To... Layers and layers over and over again. I've come to bargain. Um, <laughs> There was a reason for that. And in the Marvel Universe, there's a universe... There, I mean, there's a reason for everything. I also believe that a lot of the trailer was very symbolic. Like, if you pay attention, it wasn't choppy. It didn't seem choppy for no reason. It, I mean, you pay attention in some scenes. You have uh, Scarlett Joe, uh, Black Widow, in her tactical suit from the beginning. Um, if you pay attention to the, the timeline where she has her bob when Captain Marvel and... Um, Thor meeting, first and foremost, that was right after Infinity War took place. But then, as you pay attention, obviously, this movie takes quite some time because then she has longer hair, which is returning Hmm. to the natural signature color of Black Widow of red fading to blonde. That had to take years. Then you... (laughs) Because... It, the the bob a lot of people didn't understand was an undercover the blonde bob was an undercover role of which uh, Black Widow had returned for Infinity War, so 
now as we go through even just the trailer you have one they i think intentionally they make captain america look aged two you have uh the fact that her hair changes uh, to red fading to blonde i think that is a sign of not only future past but a time jump there's going to be a, i'm sorry i'm not going to say a spoiler because i don't know much i don't know anything about the film but i think that's symbolic for a time jump that's just the styles the color change mm -hmm. we all know that everything with especially black widow has been done for a reason throughout all of the films and it's marvel stan lee did everything for a reason okay that's a, that's a lot of attention to detail yeah the time jump seems yeah. like the uh the best possibility just entirely based on like uh you know, the comments made in Ant-Man and the Wasp where they talk about uh, mm -hmm. how going into the quantum realm is mm -hmm. uh, like uh, when Janet Van Dyne comes out and says, mm -hmm. try not to uh, travel through time because mm -hmm. it'll... Uh, not only that, but you have one of the least emotional characters throughout the entire movie series anyway, Tony Stark, putting... There's a lot of focus on Pepper Potts, and Pepper Potts made him human. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. She was one of my... And in the comics, there was a lot of character development, but he was he started out as the awful person. Um, when people go, could you picture anyone other than Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark? I say no, because Robert Downey Jr. has gone through decades of being... You know what's funny? You know who human, was, you know who was like the Tony original yep. person they wanted for, uh, for Tony Stark, and it was actually going to happen, but I don't... Like, it was derailed mm -hmm. because he was on another project. That mm -hmm. was fate. <laughs> it was... It it was supposed to be Second Tom Cruise. That. No, that's who. Uh, that's who they. Yeah. That's who was I originally. Can't. I mean, yeah, he's flawed too. But <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr. No one can see Iron Man without him at this point, and no one can yeah. see Robert Downey Jr. without Iron Man at this point. He should not be recast in a long time. No. Iron Man should not be recast in a long, ever. long, because long. Because even Robert Downey well, ever Jr. Eventually they're probably be not going to. I mean, I think it's pretty I mean, clear but, they're not going to recast yeah, any of the characters. But if, and I think it's poetic because if you think about Robert Downey Jr.'s acting career. He's also developed a lot as a person. It's mm -hmm. poetic, and it goes Well, he doesn't do the hand cocaine hand. anymore. <laughs> I mean, that helps. <laughs> that, right. That's a lot but, of what it and, is. And Iron Man doesn't do the chauvinistic womanizing anymore yeah. because Pepper yeah. Potts. And I think that that's another Tame symbol for what's mm -hmm. going to happen because <laughs> in the, the trailer, we see the focus when it comes to his perspective, at least, talking mm. to Pepper, his regret. Yeah. I think that that's another uh, symbolism for the fact that she is reoccurring. Also, she has, I believe, more character in the comics and development of the Avengers based off of the last film um, with Iron Man. So that's just something to consider. Yes, and I hear it's actually Gwyneth Paltrow's final film as <gasps> Pepper. No. Will be Endgame. Mm -hmm. That's another one I've heard. I loved her so much. She made him human. That was what I was getting yeah. to. She really made Pepper Potts' character well, made Iron Man. Let's I guess, I guess, conclusion. I guess in a way, she was a hope big part yeah. of I guess but. selling vagina eggs doesn't hey, make hey, as much hey, money as hey. you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that's what Pepper did. Not Pepper. Gwyneth no. oh, She no. was an egg donor. Yeah. No, she was her she her website goop eggs, sold. Though. Okay, that's oh, that that that's possibly true, I, but oh, that's okay. what we were referring to. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> you didn't know, like, no. If you go to her, like, it, she was roundly mocked for this, like, uh, but her website you, you could buy for like uh, something like close to two hundred dollars each. These jade eggs, which you were supposed to, women were supposed to stick in their oh, vaginas. Oh, exercises. Okay. 
and uh, it was supposed to it was supposed to have some kind of like bullshit health um health benefit you guys have never heard of this vagina that's what kegel exercises look it up i mean yeah i'm actually i'm actually surprised neither of you had heard of this i haven't personally gotten to the age of having to partake but i've heard of it (laughs) my face right now says a lot the guys in the studio keep it tight (laughs) (laughs) i love this show oh my god all right another great trailer uh lucy in the sky guys if you've seen uh, one of my favorite actresses is Natalie Portman. Uh, this is directed by Noah Hawley. Um, and it's a sci-fi film, uh, which... Uh, you, <laughs> you still guys are still on the vagina eggs. Vagina eggs, it's like aliens all over again. <laughs> I'll have to look it up now, though. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, um, Natalie plays the title character of Lucy, uh, who comes back to Earth after extensive space mission and starts to lose her touch with... The Earthly Reality. Mm. Um, and uh, I got to work with uh, Natalie last year on Vox Lux. Played one of her roadies. Um, if you want to check that out. Um, she definitely does a great job in that film. Definitely worth checking out. I was told that, um, I mean, on the on the topic of Natalie, Natalie, mm-hmm. I was told Natalie Portman only works with, for the most part, uh, Jewish uh, people and producers and actors. Wow, well, she's Israeli. She's Israeli. But I didn't know she was selective I, like that. I don't really, <laughs> I'm not really sure about that because, yeah. like, for instance, so Kenneth Branagh is not Jewish. Was, yeah, I was wondering if that was true, that she's, huh. or rather she's really big on pushing, like, strong um, roles, strong females, yeah. strong backgrounds that are Jewish. I didn't yeah, know George that. Lucas isn't Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was told that once, and I was yeah. just like, huh. But Steven well, Spielberg something. is. Um, there we go. Oh, my gosh. I am really looking forward to this movie, guys. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, one of my favorite actresses, as you know, is Margot Robbie. I talk about her incessantly, um, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life meeting her. Um, But anyways, um, yes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. It's so cool. Um, It's it's, uh, Hollywood in 1969, and it's also one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. Um, that is going to be exciting. And you have an actor that looks just like Bruce Lee in it. I, the trailer I don't know looked how I feel really about that good. part. <laughs> yeah. The trailer looked really cool, man. Um, I, well, you, you're insulted on the Bruce Lee uh, uh, scene, but... Um, I'm loyal to Bruce Lee. Yes, I was like, Bruce is amazing. Insult, but I love what I'm but seeing you know what? with the trailer. I, I think this is a kind of an homage to Uma Thurman and Kill Bill with the... the um, the iconic tracksuit. Mm-hmm. So the he's bringing suit. it back, the yellow suit, and he, and he's Tarantino is bringing it back with a Bruce the, Lee, a Bruce Lee lookalike who looks just freaking like Bruce Lee. It's the amazing. iconic suit for Bruce Lee also mm-hmm. used um, that um, Umar Thurman, or she, Umar Thurman. Uh-huh. <laughs> sorry about that war. That was from <laughs> Enter the Dragon, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so that part is actually a really nice touch. I think that that is definitely See, personal. Yeah. Even I'm just hoping because it looks very unique, very comedic. This yes. is a new, fresh take to the screen. Um, so that part yes, is phenomenal. Exactly. And the actors are very big players. And that's what Quentin does. I'm just does. hoping that it's not like insulting one of my favorite legends of all time. That's my first concern. But Quentin Tarantino has left me literally. There's a photo of this on the internet somewhere. Curled up with my knees to my chest and the eyes wide and my chin hidden behind them staring at a screen from one of his movies. There's a photo of it that was turned into a meme. Do you remember? 
Oh Which goodness! Ah, oh, I don't want to describe mm. it the way that it, I would, because I remember the scene that left me this way in this photo. <laughs> what was that film? Oh my goodness! Okay. It was awful. Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. I'm of course. pretty sure it's Pulp Fiction, of course, and that's I remember greatest, the scene. That's one of the greatest ones. Yeah, let me just say that it, I already knew it was coming because I heard the sounds of it leading up to the room of oh. which the guy was kept in. Oh, the gimp. <sighs> yeah, the gimp. Oh, there's a photo. It was bad. I hope it never surfaces again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I know a photo you're talking about. But, uh, <laughs> but dude, this film looks amazing. Margot Robbie's playing Sharon Tate. She doesn't age. She's oh, beautiful. She is am- Well, she's she's still very young. Yeah. I mean, um, she's about she's, 30 since um, no, Harley she's, Quinn. She's actually... Um, she was 28. She's as, 28. Oh, no. She was 26 as Harley Quinn. Yeah. She she's is only 28. Yeah. Such a wide range. Oh, she's amazing in so many ways. I, I can't even... <laughs> she's just an amazing actress and she is a goddess and just, she's so good. You know, I mean, I just think she's fantastic. As he stares at her photo. Yes. But (laughs) yes. um, But yes, she plays um, Sharon Tate, who eventually was murdered by members of the Manson family, led by cult leader Charles Manson. And actually, I interviewed Madison Beatty, who played one of Manson's um, Manson's girls uh, at the Sundance Film Festival. So um, which is on on demand now on SoundCloud. and let's see, uh, films coming out soon include Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic, as you know, with the success of Bohemian Rhapsody and musicals like um, A Star is Born. Um, this film should probably be in that same vein as Taron Egerton will be playing uh, Elton John. Um, and they actually just screened the first public footage from the biopic um, very recently. I think it was just... Um, insiders, industry professionals. Um, so I am looking forward to that one. Hopefully it will turn out pretty good. Um, this is an interesting film. I guess Lily Reinhardt wants to do something a little naughtier. Um, as you know, her squeak, er, not really squeak thing, but her, her uh, high school uh, aged persona in Riverdale. She's uh, going to be playing a stripper along with Cardi B, Kiki Palmer, Julia Stiles, Mercedes Rule, uh, a strip club drama called Hustlers. Um, also stars Constance Wu and J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Um, so it's inspired by um, uh, a New York Magazine article. It's set in New York in the wake of a financial crisis, which follows a crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn tables on their Wall Street clients. So do you think, you think strip clubs do worse or better during times of economic economic <laughs> hardship <laughs> well you know do you know they say when people got furloughed the porn websites spiked yeah and hit so i think it's the same thing with stress strip relief yes <laughs> but well like strip clubs yeah. are also really expensive that's a good point and like people don't have as much uh, yeah i'm going to say um only that i have known a couple of girls that did modest work um and in the sh- Strip club. What it, what world? exactly is modest yeah, work? Yeah, when, when you say modest work, <laughs> yeah. I mean I believe that uh, I say modest work because they were working <laughs> for a living, um, oh. and it's not as glamorized as you is would it think sex, that it you're is. Saying sex work or? No, it's not sex work. Um, okay. Especially if it's I mean if it's but any it's of not, these it's areas, but it's not something they were doing for fun. I mean, some of them maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> but I also when I was still doing press work, kind of um, 
went to a place, visited a place once or twice to do a little mm-hmm. bit of my own perspective to write something that I never actually oh, wow. released. And I ended up meeting a couple girls that the reason why we started a conversation while we were sitting at a table, to be honest, was over fandoms like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to learn a lot about them while tipping them throughout the night. And honestly, um, no, none of that helps them. I mean, yes. they are <laughs> uh, struggling people trying to support whatever uh, family they have to as well. And they also get ripped off a lot by the club. Like, uh, you could expect 35, 55 plus percent by Jeez. anyone that wants to they're, they're, just to they're sit not with considered, them. Like, they're considered like independent contractors. Yeah, and right. there's no employees. protection for them at all whatsoever. Right. So even if they don't make any money that day, they still have to pay out to the house and everything yeah. from what I've gotten. So they're paying really? to be there. Yep. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, it's that's, awful. Uh, that's um, pretty bad. There's a few articles that surfaced that I saw recently against, um, there's one in Northern Virginia. I think it was, uh, what was it called? Paper Moon. Um, I think there was a big article. Um, the location was Richmond that was being sued because mm-hmm. these women weren't even getting, when they weren't making money, the state um, requirement of minimum payment of like even $7 an hour. So you imagine going and sitting there for however many hours they have to, not getting mm-hmm. any money and still having to pay your fees. So it was pretty bad. And this movie I've actually been interested about just because, one, is an interesting concept of they're scam artist strippers. Um, but J-Lo's in it, which I'm like, it's J- Jennifer Lopez. I thought she was <laughs> a very um, versatile Love character and person. Was you saying last? Coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, she came from... Um, she came from... A little bit more poverty and yeah, what you wouldn't beginnings expect. Humble the beginnings, yes. <laughs> humble um, beginnings. Yeah, that's like, a nice way of saying I'm from the still, hood. I'm still Jenny from the block. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then now you see it. her playing that role. And I yeah. actually got into a, a dispute with a stranger online. I let myself be trolled. And, <laughs> and I responded to it. They're uh. like... Oh, this is going to be interesting. Cardi B. I'm like, I'm surprised by Cardi B. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I said I'm not mm-hmm. surprised by Cardi B because she always acts a fool. This role will be perfect for her. But Jennifer Lopez, I don't know what to expect. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cardi B, not surprised in this role. It'll be perfect for her. She will nail it. Okay. Judging from her stage performances. But Jennifer Lopez, I'm interested to see what she brings to this. Right. I really am. All right. Um, couple other movies in production. Um... Includes Christopher Nolan's next movie, which actually is untitled. Oh. Uh, he he dated the film for 2020, July release. But he's it's interesting. He hasn't announced a title, and it's it's very like kind of uh, unlocking key as far as the synopsis. But he's already announced the cast. It's kind of interesting. Um, Robert Pattinson of Twilight fame has joined. Uh, John David Washington from Black Klansman. And Elizabeth Debicki um, are on board to star in Christopher Nolan's next film. Um, Apparently, this project has become one of the most highly coveted ones in Hollywood. And everyone's been kept in the dark from casting to plot details. Well, we know a little bit about the cast. Um, So we'll just have to uh, wait and see until they uh, um, reveal more information about the film. Um, Uh. Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp, along with Flash's uh, Robbie Amell, has joined Nazim Pazdrad, formerly of Saturday Night Live, in a, a comedy film called Desperados that's in production now. Um, definitely have a good cast there, but I'm actually looking forward to another comedy film, which happens to be the third film in a great um, franchise, Bill and & Ted's, and... Uh, 
Um, the new film is called Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, so yes, this is the late 80s, 90s franchise. And they actually just revealed the movie release date of, of April, I'm sorry, of August 2020. So um, yes, um, both both uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are on board for the third film in the Bill and Ted's uh, franchise. So yeah, pretty exciting. John Wick, I mean Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I was back here holding my excitement while he announced that. As you that. hold your boob, while he's it back. happens to be there. <laughs> hey, <laughs> perfect place for excitement. Yeah, um, right. And I was trying to suppress my scream. <laughs> like General over here was just watching me snickering in the background. You're like, very, you're very amusing to watch. I, yes. I get that a lot. I'm not gonna take it. It's probably, you know what? It's every way of which you mean it. But I, yeah. I actually accidentally bit my tongue while trying to suppress. My scream for Keanu Reeves, especially. No offense, but uh, he, he, he's an amazing man. <laughs> and I will watch it just to master. I mean, watch mm-hmm. the movie, of course. Just to, just to master his, <laughs> his um, acting His acting technique. technique. Exactly. <laughs> the chemistry on the the same, the, the same way, the same way that I am. Like I like to master, um, master Bait? the acting technique oh. of, <laughs> for instance, <laughs> Melissa Benoist. <laughs> Benoist. Oh, go- Supergirl. Yes. So you Google her photos, her leaked uh, photos. I won't say that. I am not. She's mastering her facial technique. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have to Google her her leaked photos. Though. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> The top five movies, uh, Captain Marvel, no surprise, for the second weekend in a row, I've uh, already made $760 million worldwide in 12 days since the release. Runner-up is uh, Wonder Park by Paramount. Not even familiar with this film. I have a feeling I should know what that is, but I have no mm-hmm. idea. We uh, mean no disrespect. We just don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Five feet apart, actually, I, the reason I know about this film is because we're actually going to be welcoming an actress, um, Trina Lafargue, from um, that film next week, guys. Um, number four is How to Train Your Dragon, and number yes. five is a Medea family funeral. Oh, those Medea movies. Yeah, still. Did Medea die in one of them? Or? Well, it's, it's Medea's family funeral, and it's our last Medea movie. So okay. I think that might answer your question. It's it, it, there, there are all these like little circles where there are these huge franchises that I just know nothing <laughs> about. And yeah. The Medea thing, which I guess is like an enormous thing. It was like books and movies and all mm-hmm. this stuff. No idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's you just should, a, it's just should... a woman in drag. I mean, a, a man in drag. And that's all. I, <laughs> that's all I know about it. And uh... Tyler Perry, quite the talented filmmaker. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna get into everything television after a classic cut break. So myself and BTB's original Koki, aka Doctor Lickalotopus, checked out a very cool concert. This past Sunday, and generally you were there, and I, I was there. I'm giving you heat because you never told me you were there. You're right. I didn't. I had a had some things we um, yeah. had some things I had to deal yeah. with, but it still was a great show. Well, it was the Weezer show, um, and opening act was the Pixies. But Weezer, I was. I must say, like before we get at the get to the classic cut. Yes. I because uh, <clears throat> the Pixies are one of my all time favorite bands. But they're not an arena band. No, <laughs> I agree. It's they're like not a, an arena band. In fact, I was on the floor. Uh-huh. Everyone was pretty much 
they were they were watching and listening and yeah. enjoying. But everybody was on the floor. The the Pixies didn't get people asses out of their seats. Yeah. Well, like, like th- this is the, this is the third time I'd seen the Pixies, and the, right. the other two times I'd seen them in smaller venues. Right. And they were awesome. Right. But like. But know, in the in the bigger venues, right. Yeah. But, but conversely, Weezer is like a perfect arena band. Absolutely. <laughs> like they. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I know they're not the coolest band in the world anymore, but you were at Capital One Arena. No, this no, was this was in Baltimore. This is at oh, the Baltimore really? Arena. Yeah, at the Baltimore just, Arena, Royal uh, Farms Arena. Yeah. I didn't want to like throw in a different band that people need to see, but um, it, you you mentioned uh, Arena just briefly. If you want to see a show that is has actually has the stage presence for even Baltimore Arena or Capital One, Disturbed. I know that's random, but it's very right. geared toward today's biggest topics, and their show is personalized toward like suicide awareness and everything. It's an experience. And I've seen the Pixies once before and they do have a presence that's more personable. That's why you need the smaller element. It's not because they don't have it. It's just you need the environment that that really gives them the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just both bands are two different chemistries, but Pixies, more intimate. Disturbed, oh, that's Arena. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So this is the Arena band uh, Weezer. Yeah. Um, so this is from their Teal album, which is their covers album. They do a great take on this particular song, uh, Africa's uh, well, Toto uh, originally. Uh, um, it's so funny. I heard that song in like mm-hmm. Home Depot today, Toto's yes. Africa. It's historic. <laughs> so this is Weezer's take on Africa, guys. We'll be back here on BTV.
Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Yeah, guys, that was Weezer. Their version of Toto's Africa. Um, and it sounded really good live. Um, they also do a really cool cover of Scrubs by TLC. They do a great cover of Take On Me by Tears for Fears. Or, sorry, AHA. Um, and uh, a few other covers, too. So, all in all, a really, really great show. All the classics. All right. Yes. So, uh, let's talk about Game of Thrones. So, we mentioned that the first two episodes would be about an hour long. But now we have the running times of episodes three through six. Episode three will be the longest episode of Game of Thrones. That's going to be an hour and 22 minutes. So that's definitely feature film length. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Episode four will be back to an an hour and 18 minutes. Episode five will be an hour and 20 minutes. And the final episode will be an hour and 20 minutes long. So... We're so talking, they're like mini movies. Yes, so we're we're getting pretty much four, four movies. Yeah, four feature films. And um, I hear that um one or two of uh you know people's favorite characters might not make it. Just <laughs> one or two. One or two. That's that's being very. Just uh, gonna say, <clears throat> I wonder who they are. <laughs> that's some good wishful thinking. That's for sure. It's all right. I'm not telling any. White lies right now. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I always wonder with uh, mm-hmm. is because George R. R. Martin keeps talking about how he's still mm-hmm. working on the books. Yes, he's got two more to he's, finish. He's yeah. still got two more to finish, <laughs> and uh, it's got to be hard because, um, mm-hmm. like you know, it's clear mm-hmm. he, he's not going to be just writing adaptations of the. Um, of like when did when did the when did the show stop um stop adapting the books like when did the show go on its own right after Jon Snow got stabbed okay uh, okay so that's uh what season four mm, no season five actually yeah it was later okay so season five so there's a uh, there's two full seasons which mm-hmm. is um you know completely completely away from anything that's happened in any books. So, what is George R. R. Martin gonna do in the in those other books? Well, just keep in mind, George R. R. Martin's still a producer on the show. Yeah, he still consults with Dave and DB, mm-hmm. and I believe might have given some input. They didn't really. But say... the whole point is, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to I think, interrupt I think, you. I think George has a vision of how he wants the story to end, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure he had he had disclosed that to Dave and DB. Okay, but he's not you gonna know? write it, so it's essentially an adaptation of the TV show. I mean, he could have told him the ending he wanted, and then Dave and DBR are allowed to just go on their own, maybe. Possibly. Um, because there, there's again, there's two more books. There's a lot of story to tell. But there's so. but there's also the fact that a lot of people who are mm-hmm. fans are gonna want to read the books, and if it right. diverges too much from the TV mm-hmm. show, it's you know it's. I know there's a there's a big uh, portion of nerdy fandom right. that hates when one thing that you know diverges from the source material one way or the other and because it's a a television show that's so popular yeah it's one of the most popular television shows of all time i think in a sense it it should diverge a little bit only because you know you know people that read the source material are going to know the spoilers basically I mean, right. that's that's typically what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you diverge just a little bit, that that gives still gives that element a surprise, 
And that's the case with The Walking Dead. Obviously, right. that source material is the graphic novel, which, you know, they still um, diverge as well. So I'm really looking forward to the prequel, um, Game of Thrones prequel series. They just cast Miranda Richardson as a series regular. Um, as she joins Naomi Watts, Josh Whitehouse, Naomi Ackle, Dennis Goh. Um, and this uh, the new showrunner is Jane Goldman. And is that going to be an HBO also? It's going to be, of course. It's got it. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they wanted it any other way. And George R. R. Martin will be producing. So, okay. so yeah. I mean, he's still he's still considered a producer on on Game of Thrones. So. And HBO allows them to get away with the softcore porn. So there you go. <laughs> and by the way, they wanted him to do a cameo, but he just <laughs> he lives in I think New Mexico, uh, uh, which is. is which is amazing because the entire cast is is British or Irish or you know there's very few Americans on that cast but obviously the showrunners and George R are the Americans on that show. But most of the filming locations are also not even in Hollywood like Iceland oh, yeah. is a really big they have an entire mm-hmm. touring place like you can go on mm-hmm. this huge tour um, you, mm-hmm. it, it, it takes you through all of the filming locations I that have been used. Want, yeah. That's on my bucket list, by the way. When Would I was you? trying to go to Ireland, because I thought I could fit Ireland into my trip, Belfast, mm-hmm. uh, on my trip to when uh, you went England. To London. When I went to London, it just couldn't. It just I couldn't make both work, unfortunately. But that is on my bucket list. Yep. I need more travel buddies, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> also, just to let you know, I do have a Daenerys cosplay I haven't worn in two years since I bought it. How high would it be for you to wear that on the tour? I the could Game do of that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have the original Khaleesi gown, too. Oh, very nice. OMG. That would be awesome. Um, all right, Stranger Things Season 3. The trailer just dropped, guys. It that was, just dropped today, right? Yes, it was freaking uh, amazing. haven't seen it yet. Oh, you, oh generally, you haven't seen it. Yeah. But, at least it's not the episode. It's just the trailer. Um, so we're not really spoiling anything. But, yes, um, they showed everything from Starcourt Mall. Um, and they showed um, glimpses of the new mayor, played by Carrie Elwes. Elways. Elways, yes, um, from Robin Hood and Men in Tights and many Princess other. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. He's probably better known for that. Right, he's better <laughs> but, known for that, yes. <laughs> um, and Saw. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, the Saw yeah. franchise, yeah. yeah. We also saw the friendship between Steve, uh, played by Joe Keery, and Dustin, played by Gatton Matarazzo. Um, and you also saw Maya Hawke, who is Ethan Hawke's daughter, um, who plays um, Steve's co-worker at the mall. Jeez. Where yeah. like, actors like Ethan Hawke have kids that are old enough to... Uh, yes. I know. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but uh, what do you think of the trailer? Did you catch it? Um, I caught part of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that I wouldn't say yet that it's promising. That's not meant an unfortunate or derogatory term. It's just I I don't know. I, I, I really got latched onto the first season personally. The second season I was off and on a little bit. Okay. Um, I feel like it's another thing that I'm gonna try to be open minded to, but Okay. Um Stranger Things is an example of are they 
pushing it too far? Is it a series that's going to be run well past its viewers' hmm. attention span? <laughs> that's where I'm kind of at. Okay. Um, but I think that it, it does have great writers. Um, I like the suspense and the way that they tell stories. Yeah, it's very the climactic. Brothers are great. It yeah. really, really is. Um, so I think that is definitely worth me just delving into this season with an mm. open mind yes. rather than going, I kind of fell off here and there. I'm still going to give it a shot. Yeah, and it's been a year and a half since the last season, mm-hmm. so people want to see more. Yep, and it's not just things. a promo. I'm actually going to give it a shot, guys. Yes. You should too. Yes, yes. But you've seen the first two seasons. Yes. Okay. okay. And it was Thank phenomenal, you. like yeah. because it took me back to classic horror when yeah. we were kids, or even mm-hmm. like um, what is a good example? Stephen King's definitely a, um, a well, really good example. It's also it's also supposed to kind of evoke a lot of like the early '80s uh, Steven Spielberg movies. Yeah, yep. and it reminded me also of books. I'm not sure if you guys read, but R.L. Stein had a vibe oh, in there the, the that Goosebumps I felt. Oh, the Goosebumps books. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it was very very classic. Like cool. before horror was just B-rated, and that's all you became with women running in the wrong direction. Like <laughs> I really really like um, the the timing, the scores, everything of it, even mm. to the post processing and the signature um, fades and lighting it, it's very mood setting um, so the way that they build up stories and characters in it, it it's the the scoring's the best part of it for me because I go this is very 70s horror this is very 60s 70s horror where you don't have that anymore and that's before horror lost its name because at one point it was a leading genre um, in in the film industry I think that um, this series really does have a chance at bringing it back and and it, the post-production uh, and everything, that's the key for this, okay. I believe. Yeah. Yes, so that, I think the third season is going to be worth it. I mean, yeah, the special effects. I mean, that's usually what takes a lot of the time mm-hmm. for the series to be completed. And we saw a little sneak peek of the, I guess, was the big bad alien or whatever. Um, another Netflix show that's very popular is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, season two. Uh, they just dropped the trip. Are you a fan? I seem to be like this. Your <laughs> show is just perfect. <laughs> yes. Just general, have you tuned in to Sabrina yet? I saw the first two episodes. I saw the first two episodes. Episodes because we had a guest from the yeah, show. Yeah, we had uh, Sabrina's it's, mother it's on been... our show, on the show. Oh. Annette Riley. She yeah. had a small role, you know, in the flashback. Why was I not here? I know, right? It's been a well, little. No, we'll have to have her back. It's been yeah. a little difficult for it, for me to get like completely into it. I okay. mean, I enjoyed it. It yeah. was. Uh, I don't know. It's. My time is so short. <laughs> like it's hard to um, it's hard to like really commit to something unless I yeah. really commit to it. And Sabrina didn't quite do that for me yet. Okay. But I'll I'll revisit it when I get the chance. Speaking of witches and warlock, I had a great time at Monster Mania. I got to hang out with the cast of The Craft, mm-hmm. which is the original, the OG witch movie. Like the, oh yes, yes. So Robin Tooney and Nev Campbell and. Rachel oh. True, yes, yes, they're all fantastic. I love Robin Tunney. She was Robin Tunney of, is amazing. Yeah, she was kind of um, amazing. Yes. Yeah, she was kind of unsung because like she was in a lot of like really great stuff, but she never really a lot of great really, TV shows. Yeah, too, the she never really got the same kind of stardom as Nev, but she yeah. she is still a very very. Was Firuza Balk there too? Firuza Balk, Rachel True, um, they were all there. All four of them were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was good. It was good to see Nev again as we uh, had worked on House of Cards. Yeah. Um, uh, Netflix released the first trailer for Black Summer, which is a um, prequel series for Sci-Fi Z Nation. Z Nation was canceled on Sci-Fi, so they're bringing that back. Speaking of zombies and the apocalypse, The Walking Dead, yes, one of my favorite shows. I don't think anybody here is caught up or watches Walking Dead anymore. 
but I haven't played the theme in quite some time. But just a little recap on this past Sunday's episode, which was really cool. We got to find out the reason why Michonne and Daryl have those big X scars on their back. And um, it was very interesting because it was a backstory. As you know, they did a time jump, General. Six years. And you kind of had to figure out why Michonne, number one, was very, very guarded on letting newcomers into the Alexandria community. And we also had to find out why the heck did Daryl and Michonne have those big X's on their backs and they were branded due to a group. It was kind of like a Children of the Corn-esque storyline where Michonne meets her old high school friend, Jocelyn, played play by Rotina Wesley from True Blood. Um, and um, at first, everything's great. Um, Rutina brings her kids over to the Alexandria community. All of a sudden, they steal the other children from Alexandria, including who Michonne kind of officially adopted, unofficially adopted, is uh, Judith. And Judith goes to this community, and apparently, yeah, Michonne goes, she's pregnant with Rick's baby, goes, and she, unfortunately, because these kids are like children of the corn, like we said, these kids are trained to kill. Yeah. So Michonne has a moral dilemma while they have while they have their her daughter, Judith, captured. Um, and these child soldiers are, you know, trying to kill her. So at first she's like trying to bargain, you know, to these kids, please, you know, let let's work something out. You can c- come to our community, whatever. They start attacking her with knives. One of the girls slashes her stomach. Luckily the baby was okay. But my God, what an episode. We found out the reason why she's so guarded. Um, she had actually had ended up having to kill this child army, which they didn't show on screen because they thought it would be too, a little too um, insensitive to show the, the, the children being slaughtered by Michonne. Um, but, um, yeah, it kind of showed why. No matter who it was, young people, old people, that Michonne was very hesitant to bring in new communities. And her and Daryl were actually captured captured by this group and branded by these kids. These kids actually branded their backs with X's. God. So we found out the like kind of the, the backstory of that. But uh, the next two episodes of Walking Dead are supposed to be much must-watch TV. We're going to get supposedly rumored the infamous Pike scene, which is the whispers are the new big bad uh, this season. Uh, as you know, they wear walker masks over their uh, faces to blend in with the zombies. How prevalent are the zombies now in Walking Dead? They're still very prevalent, especially with the Whispers, because now the Whispers can control hordes of zombies. Right. I so, mean, because a, like a major part of the production of Walking Dead is uh-huh. they had this um, they had this kind of serious attention to one interesting little bit of detail where, mm-hmm. like, as the time went on, they made sure the um, the makeup for the for the zombies it showed them in later and later and later stages of the de, uh, decomposition like, yeah and um you when you said because like i haven't seen it in a while so i don't know but uh, like the um with the six-year time jump are they pretty much like walking skeletons now well it depends what time when they when they uh, died obviously yeah. you know you're talking to different timelines of uh, onset of death and various uh, um, various timelines of decompos- decomposition. So it just it really matters at what point that they die. Did you guys, um, did you boys know that as fans of Walking Dead, there is a Walking Dead wine line? 
You know what? I saw that in the wine store a little while ago. I, I represented it that on. How, is yeah. it is it tasty? Does it taste like blood? I <laughs> their <laughs> it def their red blend is questionable. Um, in a good way. Or, I actually or have had the privilege of representing that on my wine tastings. Like I yeah. told you guys before, I do wine tastings on the weekends when I yes. when I choose to. Um, I'm a wine tasting host. I'm a wine connoisseur. I've also got so go, my go certification. From, from um, store to store. And I go to a vendor, the vendor that asked uh-huh. me to represent different types of wine. Sometimes mm-hmm. I work for the vineyards themselves. Nice. The Walking Dead Vineyard. Um, it's inexpensive and it's also very tasty. I like Cabernet Sauvignon and theirs yes. is a very layered. So I would say it's very, very red. Um, <laughs> their red blend is also very delicious and affordable. And um, you'll be able to tell if you've never seen it because it is a Walking Dead logo, like zombies and everything on it, on a wine bottle. Wow. It's very unique. It's it's very profound and very modern, and people really, really love it when I do represent it. So, okay, yeah, try it. Wow. Um, we would love to maybe perhaps even uh, have, uh, have a t- wine tasting here on Below the Belt Show. I will. I'll bring you guys that would next That would be amazing, time. yeah. yeah. Uh, Tiffany, you're not watching Walking Dead anymore, though? Uh, it's just been a little while, but I will catch up for you, Al. <laughs> no, you have to catch up for me. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, this season's really good. The new show Angela, as you know, the ratings have been slipping. She's turned things around, and and this although the ratings haven't like been boosted back up just yet because, as you know, we lost Rick Grimes, the character, of course, Andy Lincoln deciding to leave the show. We've lost Carl, um, and then I Guerrero, her her stars rising with Black Panther. Right. Um, she'll have one more season next season. Um, and she does plan on leaving. And of course, Lauren Cohn, who plays Maggie, she has a new show called Whiskey Cavalier. So they have to do a lot. Um, but, you know, the story is still really well written. And uh, I just hope, you know, I hope it has a few more years left, you know, personally. Um, I know you're a big Buffy fan. Um, so WB um, um, had this, the spinoff called Angel, which uh, lasted... Um, 110 episodes. That was a great show. So apparently David Boreanaz stopped by um, a media outlet uh, to talk about uh, a possible reunion that could be in the works. He's on he's on some other show right now. Um, he's done a few, quite a few shows. Well, I know he was on Bones, which went on forever. No, no, no. There's there's another current show yeah he just, he just got he just booked a new show didn't he yeah David Boreanaz, is i got to learn a lot about mm-hmm. when i first moved out to los angeles yeah um my acting coach her name her name was Jolena bonnes and she was an extra on buffy the vampire slayer when she was training me oh cool and when i heard that i asked her of course i'm like look people say things like that all the time because it was very very it was the beginning of learning and such yeah. i was much younger and i was like i need proof and she shows me one of the episodes because she used to joke about how sarah michelle geller was so short that next to David Boreanaz, she was on Apple Boxes, and she was just so <laughs> yep. tiny, and I didn't believe her. I'm uh-huh. like, really? She goes, yeah, I can show you. She's just like, um, I have some photos and stuff. Um, uh-huh. we're, we're not technically supposed to, like, you know, post them or anything. Like she's three, like, I never yeah. have, but she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's shorter. She was like five foot one. Sarah oh, Michelle wow. Gellar is five foot one. And as I did tell you, I get to I did get to interview her briefly at um, Star Wars Celebration um, for her work on the Rebels. I'm jealous. Show. <laughs> um, she's very sweet and very grounded, mm-hmm. and she's so tiny. And she's still she's 41 now, and she still as radiant as ever. She's still Isn't got she? it. She, she won't great. have a part in the new Buffy spinoff um, yeah. that has been talked about. There right. are new books too, but with Angel, yeah, new books that follow the follow the continu- yeah. continuing uh, mm-hmm. story. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing. They did with both 
Buffy and Angel. Yeah. Because yeah, Angel actually ended on a big cliffhanger where, so, like, essentially the world ended. Yeah. And they went a weird way with Angel because, I mean, like, I was, I don't know if I was disappointed or just perplexed by the fact that, first and foremost, his son was born with mm-hmm. Charisma Carpenter, of all right. people. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you, really? With, 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 with her? Like, Cordelia? <laughs> Um, I I grew up obsessed with Dark Horse comics. Joss Whedon was my relief through my darkest times as a teenager. Buffy was my first, aside from Sarah Connor, um, Sarah Connor's strongest female um, idealist character that I had ever got to experience at that age. She got me through the typical triumphs and failures of high school life and being Mm -hmm. a teenager versus the way that Joss Whedon interpreted demons and vampires (laughs) and angels. Like, it was all symbolic to me. And then Angel was what surpassed that and David Boreanaz has fought for his career so to find that he is humbled to mm-hmm. come back to a reunion like you just stated please mm-hmm. tell me more well yeah he just it was just a, uh, an interview he did because they're coming up in 20 years um, and he says pretty much you know he was blessed to be on a show like that and uh, and uh, just went to um, you know the question about a reunion and he said um, it's hard to imagine a full-fledged revival but to have some of the cast members get together, looking back on the series, would be pretty great. Um, but you did mention the Buffy the Vampire reboot, um, which it is a reboot. There will be a new Buffy. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't think any of the original cast will be coming back at all. Sarah Michelle Gellar said she will not, unfortunately, okay. have a part. Joss well, Whedon said he will also not jo- be playing a so part. So if Joss is not a part of it, I really don't think they should continue. I feel I the just, same. I, that's Joss's, you know series that's it but the vampire that's what put him on the map yeah the and humor I don't think the timing they have alternates a, they I have mean, sabrina time, they have uh they have other shows to one, one of the significant you know, things with I don't Buffy think was at it. the time like mm-hmm. it took a lot of i mean a lot of the stuff that's in buffy is pretty mm-hmm. common in a lot of a lot of yep. shows these days i mean it it has a lot of like kind of like comic booky elements. It has a good sense of humor. It right. was like really snarky and stuff like that. Dark right. Horse Comics, of course. Exactly. And if you've yeah. ever read the novels, he literally I mean, it was Joss yeah. Whedon's comic line, but mm-hmm. it was he brought a masterpiece to life and right. he brought a fantasy world to life and um, I don't believe you could replicate that. However, but that, what I mean, they're but spinning off from is the chosen line yeah. that she mm-hmm. created. So that's at least nice. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. But my point about that, though, is when it came out in, like, what, 97, 96, something like that. Right. 97. It, yeah. That was really, really unheard of for, for like, a regular TV show. Right. I mean, nowadays, like... The whole CW network is all the this The whole CW show. network is that. There's, right. like, uh, I mean, it's pretty much But you're so... right. Buffy was was the alternative. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, it's because it's... It's the end. I mean, it's right the same now. thing with like you know you think about a show like um, South Park, for example. Right. South Park, when it came out, it was completely groundbreaking, groundbreaking and, yeah. and unheard of. And nowadays, I mean, I guess it's is it still on the air? I think it is. They're still producing episodes. Yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, but I mean, there have been so much stuff that's come out since then. Right. Like it. Adult animation, like Archer, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Buffy set a precedence, and yet no one has matched it. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about it is even 10 years when it was off air, it was voted for Best Drama on MTV, and it won another. (laughs) It was off air, and yet it was nominated for Best Drama (laughs) of all time, and it won. I love it. And you just, you can't replace Sir Michelle Gellar's 
chemistry. She was actually originally supposed to be cast as Cordelia, but then That's right. yeah, um, yeah, and then yeah, she was cast as Buffy, and I Charisma don't think Carpenter, that. Uh, and uh, oh, I actually did interview Charisma Carpenter a few years back at the White House Correspondence event, and which is in DC. Um, <laughs> and uh, I did ask her about any um, Buffy sequel reboot or whatever. She said only if Joss is involved. Exactly is what Charisma Carpenter said. Yeah, it was a great interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's short, but it was it was a nice interview. When it was red carpet interviews, you <clears> won't <throat> get much time. <laughs> no, with with, uh, with the celebrities, you know, not like you know somebody calling in. We could talk about for 20, 30 minutes. Um, one of my favorite shows was The O.C. from back in the day, and Rachel Bilson will be getting a pilot, um, uh, the Fox pilot called Lovestruck, marking her first return to Fox since The O.C. in 2007. She had a couple of, uh, mm, well, her, her short-lived ABC show, Take Two, didn't do very well. She was hard at Dixie, which mm-hmm. kind of lasted a I few I really seasons. liked that one. Did you watch that? I did. Yeah, I okay. finished it all because of her. Aw. I love Rachel Bilson. She's great. She's um, very attractive. She was Wonder oh. Woman. She was Wonder Woman. Yeah. I see the references. Oh, yes. I will never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Cohen's Wonder Woman. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and um, hopefully we'll get Rachel on the show in the future. And the reason why I say that, got to give a shout out to Mike Leota, PR, public relations extraordinaire, who's actually giving us a huge guest next week, Jose- Joseph Gatt, who's going to be in the new Dumbo film. Oh, very and, cool. Uh, he is also the PR man behind Rachel Bilson. So hopefully, uh, oh. yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like the convergence right. of, uh, of right. all these dreams. I know, it's great, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, um, the actor's name is Joseph Gatt, and he plays the bad guy in Dumbo. So, um, Titans on DC. Do you, have you watched any of the DC streaming? I don't have the DC streaming yet. I don't have yet. it. But they Doom just, Patrol looks awesome, did, though. I want to see what that seen, so bad. From what I've seen the, from the trailers, I see that, that looks so freaking cool. Titans is expanding their roster. They're bringing in Chellaman as Joseph Wilson, better known as Jericho. Jericho, They're yeah. They're also bringing in Deathstroke. And as you so know, that's so th- there's going to be like four separate live action death strokes. Yeah, because <laughs> through we had, all the different. We had one in the DCEU with yeah. Joe Manganiello, and then we had the in the Arrowverse. There's in the Arrowverse. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, the Australian actor. Yes, um, Manu Bennett. Yeah, he had a yeah. weird name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, the, so many iterations of Deathstroke. Yeah. Um, also, we have Superboy. Um, Connor Kent. Oh, they're doing the clone then. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, for season two of Titans, so this will be the flagship flagship series for DC Comics branding streaming service, which I am not convinced to buy it. I do want to see Doom. How Patrol. much are they charging for that? Do you know? Unfortunately, that's one thing I can't tell you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen you seen any of the DC streaming stuff? I have okay. um, a little bit. Okay. Um, cool. I, d- I don't know how much that be, but I have my tricky ways. I used to be a big computer nerd, so <laughs> not saying anything more than that. Not incriminating. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I know what you're alluding to. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so that's television. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Last uh, Sunday was the iHeart Music Awards. Um, that's kind of like a voting, like a you know audience thing, and it's not like I a, heart music. The I heart radio music awards. That's um, a that's Clear Channel. That's what they changed yes, it to. Yes. Clear Channel that completely destroyed like most uh, <laughs> most terrestrial radio. Terrestrial radio, radio exactly. Yeah. Um, just a couple of the winners here. Tour of the year went to Taylor Swift in the Reputation Stadium tour. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the I Heart Radio Innovator Award goes to Alicia Keys. <gasps> Yes. 
This is an interesting one. Fangirls Award. Halsey is the winner for that. Fan, yeah, fan. What is that uh, term that they use in anime? Fan service. Halsey's very yeah. fan servicey. <laughs> I love Halsey, by the way. She did a great job hosting Saturday Night Live. She surprised the hell out of me with her acting talent because she is an amazing singer. But when she hosted Saturday Night Live, I was blown away by how well she was able to take on doing skits with the rest of these cast members. Like, wow. Uh, most thumbed up artist of the year, Magic Dragons. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> Art- artist of the year, Ariana Grande. Uh, Song of the year, The Middle by Zed, Marin, Morris, and Gray. Um, female artist of the year, Ariana Grande again. Male artist, Drake. Um, best duo and group, Five Seconds of Summer. Um, just a few of the. I'm I not just gonna go feel like Ariana Grande is mm-hmm. so extra. Yeah. I never used that term before now because I'm not <laughs> really big on using slang words. She's had a hell of a year, though, she, you have to admit. I, I mean, I'll give that to her. and, and she and Good is, and bad. Obviously, she's had the heartbreak yeah. and the tragedy with Mac Miller. Yeah. You know, breaking up with Pete Davidson, who went on then, to go Cougar Town with Kate Beckinsale. Oh, all of that. Ex- never mind the, uh, the <laughs> terrorist attack at her. She looks just as young as Ariana Grande and doesn't yeah. flaunt herself all over yeah. I don't know, the media. So I cannot say that he traded down. It's Kate Back in, Celine, come on! Like I have <laughs> that latex suit and don't look half oh, as good snap, as right? she does. Oh goodness! Oh man, and Kate is something else. Kate Beckinsale is phenomenal. She breaks all odds of ageism today. Yes. She is timeless. The Widow, the series that she is in, that is phenomenal on Amazon Prime. I finished it, oh, cool. and I think I looked at her and all I could think was, how does she get her skin to look that good? She's in her forties and right. she makes twenty-year-olds. Ariana Grande look threatened like uh, <laughs> no offense um, right that's a good point it's just Ariana Grande she's gorgeous don't get me wrong she's very right. talented it's just a lot of her talent her voice it's it's she throws a lot of extra in like Mariah Carey did and it's the unnecessary yeah. and I'm like why I know you're proving a point we get it but she also looks like she's kind of 15 um, and that <laughs> part is always weirded me out but I like her attitude she seems positive she knows how to respond to things a lot but I'm sorry Kate Beckinsale is my Girl. Okay. <laughs> please check out the widow. <laughs> we'll have to check out the widow then for sure. <laughs> um, so any music uploaded to MySpace before 2015, 50 million songs by 14 million artists has been lost. This is pretty funny. It's it's <laughs> actually not media from that. MySpace well, it is funny, year. but it's <laughs> like a. But at the same time, I mean, that's kind of. Oh my God, that is. So <laughs> Such a huge sign of corporate incompetence. Right. And I can't Seriously, even dude. I can't even begin to tell you. Seriously, man. It's like uh and all that stuff is gone. Like all of these dude. like early early recordings by like Arctic Monkeys before they were signed and yeah. um, And they had a good thing going for Kate a while Nash. before Facebook, you know, implode, yeah. you know uh, exploded. I had a um, MySpace page. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, I mean I, I used it a lot, yeah. I remember and who was in your top eight? I don't remember. Tila Tequila. Tila, yes, forbidden Tila Tequila. Oh, noted neo-Nazi Tila Tequila. I love it, right? So yes, it was a server migration project that went bad. That is, I mean, all our profiles are gone. Photos, videos, audio that you might have uploaded more than three years ago. So our profiles are gone now. Well, do you know anyone who still uses it? No, but I looked at it just recently, uh, just to see some, maybe just grab some old pics and stuff like that. And take a look, and it was still there, but now, now it's gone. Yeah, so. it's it's very. And funny. Justin Timberlake actually owns it, right? 
Did he? Yeah, I think he did. He did I think he did buy it. So yeah. it, it, it's actually very funny. Um, one of my friends, she does pay attention to our recordings in the show. And um, I mentioned Tilly's Heel and it bounced back to me. She had a very bad reputation for the past several years. She's living in Texas now with family and she had her child after, you know, everyone saw a video that leaked. Anyway, mm-hmm. my uh, friend of mine, personal friend of mine, I, I've known her for years. She went out to Hollywood when I lived out there. Um, yeah. She ended up moving back after a little bit, but she's a celebrity photographer. She's also photographed some famous judges that have made some strongholds in females <clears throat> movement but she's also a personal photographer and was the personal um, paternity photographer of Teal Tequila her name is Josephina Hunter she actually got to know Teal Tequila personally throughout her pregnancy and I got to know through her um, and by connection and affiliation that Teal uh, Tequila was actually a very nice person she ended okay. up cleaning herself up um, a lot from leaving Hollywood and was working with a lot of big-name actresses yeah. uh, or big-name actors and musicians, um, and I got to connect with her on Facebook, and it was just very surprising. Hollywood, sometimes we talked about this. Johnny Depp's a big example right now. Paints a picture of people that when you finally get those small opportunities like you do all the time, Al, to talk to those people, you're just like, wow, you're remarkably human. I like you. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to know that there's another side yeah. of her. And, because and that's what I got to learn the about thing I, her, the, yeah. the thing I recall most yeah. recently about Tila Tequila was after Trump got elected, she was seen at all these like alt-right parties where so she was like shocking. posing with like neo-Nazis. But you gotta think, yeah. she was always, when she brought up her career and you gotta think about where her family came from, that's not who she is at all, but actors and Hollywood people, they put on an image to get exposure and one thing she lacked in the past couple of years since she left Hollywood and raised her baby was exposure. So you gotta think about what she's doing yeah. as a performer now. Posing with neo-Nazis, not quite. Not quite the yeah. best approach yeah, but yeah. it did get her some people do firmly believe the stance that no publicity is bad publicity i personally don't but she's one of the people look at how she started herself with myspace she's one of the people that follows the stance that no publicity is bad publicity so mm-hmm. i think that that makes sense with the way that she came up and maybe that is her tactic maybe but if so. you actually were to talk to her in person through and through um my friend jo- uh, josephina swore by her being a sweet person um, I had followed a lot of her. I followed a lot of her blogs, and we had some brief interactions and such. And she was she was not as as, as miserable of a person as I. <laughs> and that's a great word to put as miserable of a person as I <laughs> imagined her being when I first crossed her. When I was like 15, 16 on MySpace, right. going, well, she's not who I want to know. But yeah, give everybody a chance, you know. But yeah. I don't agree with the neo-Nazi thing. Now that you bring that up, so, yeah, mixed feelings. But hey, yeah. Just, Try to be understanding humanity, <laughs> first and foremost. Yes. Uh, let's see. The newest uh, celebrity to be caught doing, allegedly doing inappropriate behavior, and this is to an underage girl, mm. is That's So Raven, Corey in the House star Kyle Massey. Wait, what? Yeah, he was actually on Dancing with the Stars as well. I thought you were going to say R. Kelly. Um, well, R. Kelly well, this, was already well Well, we, we, we talked about R. Kelly well. Yeah. This is the newest name. <laughs> So apparently he uh, befriended a, a girl online, and apparently she was an aspiring actress. I think she was only 15. <sighs> um, and then he would send inappropriate text messages and photos, sexually explicit photos. And apparently, I think it's a little di- extreme, but apparently the plaintiff's attorneys are demanding $1.5 million. <laughs> Um he and doesn't have that. So yeah, exactly. They're threatening to go. Yeah, I pub- guess that's so Raven probably didn't pay too well. Yeah. So um, they're threatening to go public um, with uh, the alleged screenshots or images or text messages 
that uh, I guess that uh, it sounds almost like extortion, really. If you it think really about does. it, really does. Did he know? Is there any evidence that he knew she was fifteen? That's a good question. Apparently, because they've been talking for so long, um, they've been. I think there's a history of the two of them having a relationship um, for just a yeah, friendly relationship. Was it was it just an online texting relationship yes. or was, yes. did they actually meet? No, they. I don't think they've ever met. Yeah. But nowadays you can even sue for that just because yeah. um, a big uh, stronghold that was crossed California was the iCloud leak several years ago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unsolicited material that is sent can now be filed under, well, assault or mm-hmm. unprohibited materials, yeah. especially right. when it comes to a minor. Any interactions with a minor of that accord can now be judged against you yeah. in court. It's not a joke anymore. Yeah. Right. So this is how they met. Um, so, so she wants to be nameless. So they just call her Jane Doe. She reached out to Kyle Massey when she was 13, and texted him uh, about auditioning for the show. Okay. So apparently, um, he said that he'll take care of her, and began to send after that sexually explicit text messages, images, and videos. Um, also, even Massey's girlfriend and Snapchat image of Massey holding his dick. Oh. Uh, and other lewd messages. And um, she was, okay, so she was 13 at the time, and Massey was 27. Oh. Yeah. So apparently, so so um, Kyle is denying the allegations. So unless she can produce proof of these uh, images, then uh, then if she doesn't, she, if, he, if, they, if there's no evidence, then, um, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll, uh, yeah. He'll be okay. Innocent until yeah. proven guilty, in, as innocent, they say. Yeah. So they're thinking, yes, they're saying they're rejecting this extortion attempt because they have faith in the legal process uh, will reveal the truth. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it looks – it could be an extortion attempt. not sure who's telling the truth here, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, for those worried about Paris Jackson because of what happened with the Leaving uh, Neverland documentary, of course, it was very emotional for her. Um, she did not commit suicide. There were false reports that were leaked that she had committed suicide, ch- attempted to commit suicide, sorry, um, but that it was not the case. She said she was just chilling like Bob Dylan is what she said in Twitter. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm chilling like Bob Dylan. Um, she did attempt suicide in 2013. Um, she admitted this in a Rolling Stone interview. Um, she tried to do that several times um, due to self-hatred, but... Um, well, thank God she's okay, you know. Um, obviously, um, a lot of people are still questioning the paternity of uh, <laughs> of, uh, of Paris Jackson because she does not appear to be African-American, even though Michael Jackson, you know, um, does not appear African-American <laughs> anymore. It's still in his genetics. You can change your skin color and your hair, but it's still in your genetics that you're African-American. But that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, we talk a lot about the Finding Neverland. Um, sorry, Leaving Finding Neverland. <laughs> That's, That's the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the Leaving Neverland. <laughs> and we talked a little bit about Lori Laughlin last week and Felicia Hoffman, which you mentioned earlier. So yeah, they've gotten dropped um, from a lot of yeah. other. Yeah, I thought I'd mentioned Felicity Huffman instead of the yeah. obvious Lori Lachlan. Everyone's yeah. been talking the Aunt, Aunt Becky stuff. And yeah, Lori uh, apparently lost her gig with Hallmark, and and 
but her her uh, her daughters are uh, apparently USC is uh, reviewing or they're going through a review process to find out if they can stay still stay enrolled because if they're performing well and if they if they find out that the daughters had nothing to do with the scandal then I imagine they can, can let them continue. Yeah, I, I think know. I think that would be the the most prudent case because yeah. I don't know. I mean, in most of those cases, did the kids know? That's what the their thing. parents we were doing. If they didn't know, then maybe they let them. If they did know, and they're withholding evidence, like because even then, you imagine, you know? imagine you're this, uh, you're this college student, and you yeah. think that you've gotten into, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I, I wouldn't consider USC at the same level as like Stanford or Yale or whatever, right. but um, I mean, it's got a good film school, so I guess that's right. something. But um, you know, and then you find out your parents did something like this. You were going to mm-hmm. be questioning almost every accomplishment you've had mm-hmm. since then, and that that'll fuck up someone almost worse than getting mm-hmm. kicked than getting kicked out. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. is anything I've ever done good enough? Um, was this really me? Does anyone actually care about anything I do? Yeah. You know, I can understand the repercussions of that, but I feel like for them, they're at an age where it's going to be questioned. That's why they have to re- mm-hmm. be reviewed. At that their age, they could have known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, couple very sad passings. I know we we talked about that a lot last week, and we just have a few more. This one's really tragic because this is a Lewis Tomlinson's sister, Felicity Tomlinson, who is a model, social media influencer. Uh, she had 1.3 million Instagram followers. She reportedly collapsed after a suspected heart attack. This is interesting because we talked about a young girl that had a, had a heart attack. Last week, the who was, yeah. Well, the Olympian committed suicide, and oh, there yes. was like a Miss, uh, a beauty pageant girl who was 19 mm-hmm. that had a heart attack. So this is, it just, it just is shocking. But apparently, this girl is beautiful. I mean, she had 1.3 million followers. She, I don't think she had the musical talent that Lewis Thomason had, but um, certainly really sad to hear that. You know, um, someone so young, you know, from a heart issue. Um, but an older gentleman that had passed away is Richard Erdman, who is best known for his work on Community, um, the NBC hit show. Um, that was a funny show. Yeah, do you remember his character? He was well, uh, he yeah, was a smart alecky Leonard Rodriguez character. Yeah, he was a uh, an old guy on the show. He's right. like this. Uh, so I mean, it was his, probably his time to go. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> he had passed away at the age of ninety-three. Yeah. Um, Dick Dale, the king of surf guitar, uh, has also passed away at the, the age of 80. I mean, who who on earth can hear Miser Lou and not think of Pulp Fiction? Yes. I mean, that yes, is... Yes, that is Dick Dale right there, man. Yeah, that's Dick Dale. That that's, is Dick Dale, yep. And I will still always be the girl with Pulp Fiction in her pajama pants, curled up, staring frightfully at a screen. Yeah. <laughs> So I think this is a great time to uh, end tonight's broadcast. It's, I do have a flight tomorrow. We're going to skip everything WWE. But I know our WWE fans have been upset. We've we skipped uh, that content for two weeks in a row, but that's okay. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Yes. Um, but we will promise to bring WWE to the forefront for the next two weeks before the big WrestleMania event, MetLife Stadium. Um, are you going? Are you going to I am. I am actually going, yeah. Okay. All right, fuck it. Just a few seconds of WWE stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the mean, card is is stacked, guys. We have Alexa Bliss hosting. We have Saturday Night Live's Michael Che and Colin Jost as special correspondents. From, so they got to bring the celebrity angle in. 
Um, Elias will be the musical act, who, as you know, is a great WWE superstar, but a very talented musician. Uh, Seth Rollins will take on Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. And, yes, it's official Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, a triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. The Cruiserweight title match is now set general as Tony Nese challenges Buddy Murphy. This is going to be a great match. Samoa Joe, for the first time, will be at a WrestleMania. He's been on the roster for a few years, but he's always been injured during WrestleMania. So he has the United States Championship. He'll be defending it against Rey Mysterio Jr. Oh, um, making his uh, making a grand return? Yes, yes. Well, Rey's been back for about um, about a year. Okay. So he's, he's getting old. a little long in the yeah. tooth, isn't he? He's getting up there, too. But, dude... <laughs> He performs just like you remember. Does he still like do He's all the, the high flying? Yeah, just incredible athlete, man. I, w- I mean, I was a teenager when he yeah. was in his full fledged career. Back when right. Dwayne, well, back when Dwayne Johnson was the <laughs> Rock. Yeah. that's before he started that's around his the time. Hollywood yeah, career. can you smell a little loud uh, what the, the Rock, rock is was cooking? cooking? Yeah, people's eyebrows. Yes. I'm doing it right now. That's how I remember. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Oh wow! <laughs> I thought it was. Oh, if wow. you smell what the rock is the, cooking, the, I'm gonna lay the smackdown on you, all your candy asses. Well, the rock. We'll tell you what the rock is gonna do, Tiffany. Just take that <laughs> microphone over there, turn that son of a bitch sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. If you smell what the rock. He's cooking. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I haven't done that you, impression you, in a while. You win. Yeah. I broke it out. Holy I broke shit. it out, guys. I broke <laughs> it out. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I know what I'm doing when I go home. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Watching a rock movie? <laughs> Maybe you. Uh. <laughs> you could take me home instead. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to miss my flight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Triple H versus Batista. Another great match. Drax, Drax Destroyer. It's coming back to WWE. As you know, he's been a successful actor in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's got Stuber coming out. But yes, Batista is back for one time only to wrestle Triple H. So is that what happens with uh, with the wrestlers who become like successful actors? Now they come back for like these feature matches for WrestleMania. Cameos exactly. like Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. That's ironic. Yeah, I like that. The Rock. Like, like how often does The Rock wrestle? The Rock. Uh, he hasn't wrestled. He hasn't wrestled a match in I'd say three years. Okay. But but I think he'll come back eventually. But the thing is, is that he has insurance with his films. Like yeah. they, they won't allow he's him a, to he's wrestle. He's a big enough star now that there's like a liability. There's a liability. As, so because he's got he got actually injured last time he had his run with a WWE title and he was still at the peak of his acting mm-hmm. career. Yeah. They gave him the title. He he had matches with John Cena and CM Punk and it was fantastic. Um, Kurt Angle will have his farewell match. Oh, wow. Um, he's retiring. Remember Kurt Angle, the yes. Olympic hero? Taking on John... Uh, sorry. Is he still a heel? He actually is a face. He's a really? big face. Yeah. He became uh, general manager of Raw. And then after that, he had left um, general manager uh, Raw and then the replacement general manager, Baron Corbin, and it had a little... Kind of a little feud on screen, but never wrestled. But okay. actually, they're going to be wrestling. It's because be... he was a great heel. He was a great <laughs> he heel. Actually, uh... the original Captain America. That's how yeah. I saw <laughs> Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah. So Kurt Angle will be taking on Baron Corbin, um, who was the wow. subsequent uh, general manager after Kurt Angle left. The thing is, a lot of people would rather see Kurt Angle versus John Cena, because as you know, John Cena is becoming a big star do, with do, do, do. with Bumblebee and um, bl- blockers and and just. 
So yeah, you remember John Cena's theme? Do, 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 You're do. an old fan? Oh man, it's <laughs> awesome. I mean, it was also a meme for years. When was the last time you watched wrestling? Oh gosh, I mean, I tuned in about a year ago. Okay. Um, I was visiting family around the holidays, left oh, in a good. year or so around Christmas, and of course they were still true loyal oh, fans. They're still fans. Sweet. And I think he actually had like I don't know if it was just uh, he happened to be on that one. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I thought he was in me and stuff now like that's where i was at but I yeah i mean I and all of my friends and family are obsessed with it still oh, cool. um so it's been a while for me but it seems like i'm looking at movies now and and they're there so they're there. <laughs> and stephanie mcmahon is still in re- i'm like what yeah not much Stephanie has changed. McMahon is still an authority figure um as you know um speaking of authority figures shane mcmahon will be wrestling the miz one-on-one as they're uh Feud started at the Fastlane pay-per-view. We're going to get AJ Styles versus Randy Orton one-on-one. Randy Orton? Yes. The Viper is still one of the top stars in WWE. And the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal was announced as Braun Strowman has entered. And probably every other superstar that's not in a match. Um, We thought we were going to get the announcement of Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. But unfortunately... He did not win the gauntlet match on SmackDown. So we'll have to find out. I think they're still playing the storyline and find out whether Kofi will finally get his shot for the WWE title uh, against um, Daniel Bryan. Um, And we already announced the Hall of Fame, the Generation X, um, and um, Honky Tonk Man, Tori Wilson will be inducted. And Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray will be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And longtime WWE employee Sue Aitchinson will receive the Warrior Award. Well, there you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, and uh, we mentioned AJ Styles a little earlier. He just signed a brand-new contract, so he's locked into WWE for a few more years, so don't expect him to go anywhere um, because apparently the rival organization, AEW, which is now backed by a billionaire, from the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they, apparently they want a lot of the talent that WWE has. But luckily, um, AJ will not be going anywhere. We'll still be in the WWE. Um, and yeah, I think that's all. I think we'll just uh, stop there. Uh, just a couple birthday shout-outs. Birth. Birthday shout-outs <laughs> include Spike Lee. Can you believe he's 62 today? Oh, uh, gosh, yes. the years fly. Actress Teresa Russell, 62. Holly Hunter, 61. Kathy Ireland, Sports Illustrated model, is 56. Uh, actor wow. David Thewlis of Harry Potter is 56. Jessica Lundy, Party of Five, 53. Michael Rappaport, yes, actor extraordinaire, 49. Um, actress Bianca Lawson from Pretty Little Liars is 40. Actress Freema... Ageman from New Amsterdam's 40. Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live's 39. Nick Blood from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is 37. Um, Ruby Rose, Orange is the New Black, and Batwoman is 33. And happy birthday, Ruby Rose. Happy yes. birthday. Yes, and that's birthday oh, today. Is also, uh, today is also the Persian New Year. It's Happy Nowruz. Persian New Year. You're supposed Mike, to say, the general's out. You're supposed to say, Eida Shema Mubarak. Eida Shema Mubarak. Eida Shema Mubarak. Eida Shema Mubarak. 
<laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but it's like a. I mean, I thought I'd bring it up because I'd almost forgotten about it. Right. My dad called me today. <laughs> and like, uh, and, and and so like, I mean, the whole thing is, and it was always really cool. Was mm-hmm. that's the major gift giving mm-hmm. um, holiday in yeah. Iran, and uh, it was it was cool when I was a kid, where I get random presents in the middle of uh, right. in the middle of spring. Well, the beginning of spring. And yeah, that's today. Well, so. happy Persian New Year, Joe. Well, like thank you. Happy Zion. Persian New Year. All right, guys, I am off to a flight tomorrow. Not too early. It's a ten, so not 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 super duper early. But I'm looking forward to the Parks and Recreation tenth ten year anniversary panel, mm-hmm. the Walking Dead panel, um, <coughs> and a couple other things to uh, hopefully report next week. Um, our guests next week. Include actor Joseph Gatt, um, who's going to be in the new Dumbo movie, live action movie. We have actress Trina LaFargue, who is in the new Five Feet Away um, film, which is doing really well at the box office. Um, so, guys, on behalf of everybody in the studio, thanks so much for Tiffany Marie Ford, a.k.a. Fira Winters. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I love you. Amazing job, as per usual. That's right, guys. He is the man with a calming presence, the one and the only, the fan favorite, Mike, the General Zod. As always, it is such a pleasure to be here. All right. And I'm, with such great people. Yes, great, great people, for sure. It's a great panel. Mm-hmm. And I'm Al Celebrity Soto. Um, yes, um, as promised, closing out with some of the most high-profile interviews I've conducted at the Sundance Film Festival. This is um, from the red carpet of a movie called The Lodge, which you're going to be see- seeing in theaters soon. Um, Lola Reed, Riley Keough, who we all love, <laughs> girlfriend experience. you got to see it, General, by the way. I will. Um, Kyla, Kayla McHugh and Richard Armitage. Oh, Richard Armitage, yes. by the way. Um, there's a podcast where he plays Wolverine. Uh-huh. It's called uh, Wolverine the Long Night. Apparently, Marvel was working with Stitcher, the podcast company. Okay. And they're doing these, like, radio dramas with their characters, like these radio-style dramas, like old style. Yeah. And the first one was this Wolverine one, and he plays Wolverine in it. How cool is that? It was really cool, maybe, actually. Maybe he'd be better than uh, Hugh Jackman, because Lion didn't really like Hugh Jackman. Oh, and on that note, guys, keep your pants up, but your humor below the belt. <laughs> there exactly. you go. I love that one. Guys, we'll be back next week. We'll see you next time. Here is Sundance with oh, Riley Keough. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Al Soto here with Click on This Show here at the Library Theater at Sundance for an amazing red carpet premiere of the film The Lodge. It's a thriller horror film, and it stars Riley Keough and Richard Armitage. Cannot wait to see it. Let's talk to the cast. All right, guys, we're here with Lola, one of the uh, actresses, the young actresses from The Lodge. Uh, congratulations on this film being at Sundance. You must Thank be so excited. You. I am. I'm yeah. so excited. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your role in the film. Um, well, I play the young Riley Keough, or, well, her character. Oh, and okay. um, I just had so much fun filming this. I love horror movies. They're my yeah. favorite thing to shoot. Okay. And um, the directors are just amazing. Um, and, yeah. Would you see this film as one of those horror movies that will scare 
the what to call it out of somebody? <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely. Um, I mean, this is a different kind of horror. I think this is more of messing with your mind, and I think that's a lot scarier to me than ghosts and like all of that. Yeah. Well, well thank you so much for talking, sir. Yeah, no problem. Hi. Hi, we're here at Actress Rally Kiel, the star of The Lodge. Um, really looking forward to seeing this film. It's about a remote lodge in the winter, which is kind of like a perfect Sundance film, would you say? It is. Yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit, a little bit about how you got involved with the film. Um, I was a fan of the director's film, Good Night Mommy. And then I read the script, which I liked. And then I met them, and they were just like amazing people and wonderful. I don't know. I just really like them. They're very like strange and strange is good. Yeah, they're, they're very yes. like good. They're amazing, and uh, I felt really comfortable with them. And we just got we got along really well. That's so cool. Tell us a little about your character. You're a stepmother to two kids. Yeah, yeah I play Grace, who is kind of a stepmother to two young. Well, a child and a teenager, okay. and we kind of go to this lodge to hang out, and I end up sort of getting left alone there with the children, and things don't go very well. And of course, it is a horror thriller film, so expect a lot of jumping out of the seat, uh, you know, grabbing someone while watching it, kind of that, one yeah. of those kind of things. I haven't seen it, so I don't know how scary it is, but I... Hope it's scary. I know it's definitely a psychological, more of a psychological thriller than like a full horror. Oh, fantastic. I think. Yeah. Well, Riley, we cannot wait to see it. And congrats on having this film at Sundance. Thanks, Thanks so a lot. Guys, we're here with actress Leah McHugh, one of the young actresses from The Lodge. Tell us a little bit about your role in the film, if you could. I play um, one of two kids that get snowed in um, with their stepmom in The Lodge. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, it's a horror movie. So, um, I guess when you're filming a horror movie, you kind of know and you're not as scared as, as an audience member watching it. But would you certainly uh, would say that the audience are in for a scary, scary film? Definitely. It It's not only scary. It does go through psychological things, too, that really makes you creeped out. <laughs> How was the audition process for the film? It was funny. I actually did the original audition and then months later they called me back and it was it was a long process and they didn't tell me that I got the part till like the day before I left. It was wow. pretty crazy. Okay. Wow. Congratulations on getting this role. Uh, any other uh, big projects in the works? Yes, I am right now doing a film called Into the Dark. Cool. It's a Hulu original. Oh, sweet. So can we talk about your role or anything about it? Well, it's um, it's a horror anthology series, and the direct and its producer Marshall Persinger and Adam Mason. Awesome! Thanks so much for talking to us here. Click on this. Thank you so much. All right, take care. We're gonna guys. We're here at Richard Armitage, act one of the actors from this amazing film, The Lodge, which I cannot wait to see. Uh, <laughs> it's the world premiere, so yeah, you're you're here. Yeah. Uh, tell us uh, about how you got involved with this project. Um, I'd seen Goodnight Mommy, um, so I was a big fan of Severin and, and uh, Veronica, so I kind of just wanted to work with them regardless of what the script was, but okay. I love them as people, I really like their method, um, so I was just very happy to, to be part of the film. Nice, tell us a little about your character. So I play the father of uh, two little kids, he's, a, he's an award-winning journalist and he's written uh, a book about... Um, uh, cults, uh, religious cults, and, and the subject of the cult is Grace, played by by Riley, and uh, uh, they become lovers, and he takes the kids up to a, to the lodge, 
for a Christmas break and things go wrong. Oh, wow. Well, we certainly can't wait to see it, Richard. Now, of course, uh, they're doing some kind of um, Lord of the Rings uh, prequel series. Uh, what do you know about that? And could you be involved in any capacity? I didn't know it was a prequel. I knew they were doing a kind of entire series, but yeah, I'd love to do it. I don't know whether you, I don't know whether I could uh, cope with the prosthetics. <laughs> right. I, can't, I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Right. Well, we can't wait to see the lives. And thanks so much for talking. And congrats on having the film Sundance. Thank you very much. Awesome. Nice to see you. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, "Until next time, keep chilling like a villain." Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.